I'm Vince Roca. Did he say venti mocha? And sitting in for super special guest Michael Hutchinson is none other than super special guest Martin Bailey. Yay. Oh, what did I do with the applause? Oh, there's no applause for me this week. Oh, wow. That's the wrong button. Uh, yeah, that's me, actually. I'm always on the phone. Wow. Oh, here we go. It's up here. Yay, there we go. Super special guest Martin Bailey. Yeah. That's my favorite. That's it. I like that one. I didn't prep for that. I forgot. That was that became your. See, thing. that's what I get, kids. How no. are you, sir? I'm doing good. So, doing good. Uh, you and I have spent the last uh, two hours together watching a another fine screener. Yes, very, very we good. We watched movie. the founder starring Michael Keaton and that chick from Jurassic Park, Laura Dern, <laughs> and Laura Dern. Um, I spent most of the movie every time she was on screen going, "What the." Who is that? Who and is that? finally an hour and 40 minutes in. I'm like, what's her name? And Martin's like, Laura Dern. Um, what'd you think? We watched The Founder. The about Founder, the, uh, the about story about the, McDonald's. The story of Ray Kroc so, and McDonald's. So good. Michael Keaton, another unbelievable part. And he just ran with it. All right. So on so many levels, uh, level one, I the 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 his performance is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the real Ray Kroc is like, yeah. but um, I was not watching Michael Keaton as Batman. I wasn't sitting right. there going, this no. is Mr. Mom or Gung Ho guy. Uh, I totally bought that I was watching a dude named Ray Kroc. He did a fantastic job. Um, that being said, I mean, it's not like the kind of morph that Johnny Depp does in Pirates of the Caribbean. He's still Michael Keaton, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. his performance is such that he was Ray Kroc. Um, he threw in his mannerisms. He's got his little giggle or his little, you know, faces, and you know, it's Michael Keaton. But it, it definitely uh, it was Ray. I mean, for two hours, it was this he, McDonald's person that we don't really know much about. Except, I don't, no, I've never you know, read except you know, or, a couple yeah. interviews here or there, or obviously every single human being basically on the planet has been to one of his stores. Yes, so. I, I imagine the story is uh, the same as, uh, is it Charles Schultz, who is uh, uh, Starbucks, uh, Henry Ford, or is it Charles Schultz? No, Charles Schultz is uh, Peanuts. That's Peanuts. What is his name? Um, Starbucks, yeah. Uh, Henry Ford or Sam mm-hmm. Walton, I imagine the story is very you know similar. Just taking... Yeah, taking other companies, businesses, com- com- compounding them into your own. So you're basically legally, you know, stealing, uh, or well, not stealing. Yeah, you are taking other people's businesses and making it your own. And uh, Howard Schultz, Howard Schultz, yeah, yeah. Uh, not always legal, ethical, ethical well, moral, legal. Was, you know, whatever. You know. I oh, mean, no, I'm, I'm saying I'm saying as a whole, like other companies. Yeah, well, I mean, in, the, in this but, in this particular story, there's a point where he didn't, he wasn't, he wasn't on the right side of the law, but he had enough money to muscle absolutely. himself right on the right side of the law. Yeah. Uh, but the, again, like we because you you talked about it, you're like, oh, these guys, you know, because they were complaining about you know getting all this money, and you're like, you the still original to, founders, yeah, you still have to think because like this is the '60s and '70s. This is there wasn't really a solid foundation of big business screwing people over or big business coming in uh, as it is today. Like we know Walmart comes in, they build a Walmart to kill mom and pop stores. We know this, we've seen this all across the country, all across the world. Um, But like 40, 50 years ago, this was unheard of. So, um, well, the there great... was there was a world of big business. The oh, no, 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 there is. Happened, yeah. you know, Ford, no. you know, definitely conquered the competition. But where it comes in is like there wasn't a 
big business retailer that like there right. were still hardware stores across mom right. and pop hardware stores across America, mom and pop uh, grocery stores mm-hmm. and like the retail conglomerate at this point hadn't taken no. over. And definitely um, with the restaurant, you know, like the way he set it up, the way they set it up in the movie um, outside of actual reality. I mean, this isn't a documentary. It was a film, but like just the way he did it, you know, you just sit there and you're like, well, morals, ethics, all that kind of stuff. You you, you don't really know uh, all the, the the backroom dealings, but you just sit there and you're like, well, he did kind of just take this away from the the original pe- you know the original two people who made McDonald's. Yeah, he well, did. Dick and uh, you know Mac. Dick Mac. And Mac. Yeah, he did essentially just take it from them. You know, in yes, in he's legal, strong-armed in, in, he's in legal ways, away yeah. from them. And Although, so that's what I mean. So they so could big, have, you know. he, he, they could have went along for the ride, right? But they were small stuck, town guys. Right, they, they were stuck in know. this small town mentality of yeah. like you know the burger stand, and it didn't. They were because you know, like they said in the beginning, they're like they're from New Hampshire, out yeah. in the middle of nowhere. They moved to San Bernardino in 1950. What? Well, when they moved out, 1920s. You know, San Bernardino isn't like it is today. You know, I mean, it was not a booming. You know business you know area like it is today with you know hundreds of thousands of people if not a couple million um so they were you know small town people and this guy came in swooped in checked out what the you know they had liked what he saw but he wanted it bigger he wanted it better he wanted it different but he like you know so big business took over it was uh richard and maurice mcdonald is actually their name uh dick and mac but that's where mcdonald's comes from uh i probably should have wikied this beforehand but yeah I wonder where they are today. Um, business career. Uh, I don't know. That takes you. Oh, well, they're oh, dead. No. no, I was about to say they should be. I mean, that was. Well, then when they moved, uh, they said. Mac we're... McDonald died of heart failure in Riverside, California on December 11th, 1971 at the age of 69. Mm. That was still a few decades after this all happened. Um, and Like at the end of the movie, though, it was 1970 when. The San Bernardino was... store was demolished in 76. Or in 1971, according to some sources, and the site was sold to Juan Palo restaurant chain. <laughs> now serves as the headquarters for the Juan Palo chain, as well as a McDonald's and Route 66 museum. Hmm. Uh, 1984, having been the first cook behind the grill of McDonald's, Dick McDonald was served the ceremonious, ceremonial 50 million, billionth, 50 billionth McDonald's hamburger by Ed Resney. The president of McDonald's USA at the Grand Hyde Hotel. Dick died in Manchester in 1998. Yeah, Manchester, New Hampshire. His wife, Dorothy, died soon after. Um, This is what's kind of great about, like, the real stories or, you know, the movies made on real, you know, lives. It's like you can actually – you get so swallowed up into the movie that you actually want to research – uh, you know the real people. In, like, fantastic, the real story. yeah. So fan, fantastic. It's, it's one of those kind of movies. Short it's, story here, and um, it's one of those kind of movies. Like you would actually, I like you said, you went to Wikipedia. I wouldn't mind like checking these people out. Yeah, and like getting the real backstory and more, you know, dirt or more, you know, like what you know what really went down. But anyway, Michael Keaton, superb. Um, it was a great movie. It was. It was I really, I really enjoyed good. it. It's very, despite uh, it being. Um, Sometimes unethical. Sometimes you don't necessarily really like him, but it's still uh, super inspirational. Uh, the this this story and the uh, war is going to break out between yeah. the two little ones. Um, so love the founder. So last yeah. in our last episode, 
We poked fun at a movie with just a black sleeve called American Wrestler. American Wrestler. Uh, the, wizard, the Wizard. The Grand Wizard. No, The Wizard. <laughs> the Grand Wizard. So that's all it is. It was a black box, right. a, black an actual sleeve. you know, big sleeve for a movie. And all it says is American Wrestler with The Wizard on it. So we both it. we both saw it. We pre- I predicted that it might be my favorite movie um, at the time. <laughs> uh, although I'm after watching The Founder, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. What'd you think of American Wrestler? American Wrestler, uh, so much fun. So uh, the cliches and uh, everything else aside, I mean, it just it made it a fun movie. It, it plays out like a like Rocky, Rocky Karate and Kid. Karate Kid type movie. Yeah. yeah. So it's a kid from Iran. He comes Israel, over. Israel, who, yeah. And it just, uh, you know, it, it, it's just a really, that's one of those kind of movies. That's one of those, like, small movies that out of, like, you know, like uh, we've talked about, I've talked about several times, but my dad gets boxes full of movies, and there's no way, there's no time to watch all of them. So you kind of just pick and choose, and every once in a while you just throw one in, threw that one in, and uh, it's a winner. It's, yeah, you it's hope a for, really, you hope really for a gem good, in there, and that was that. Was it's a, a really gem. good win. It's a really good movie. It's uh, um, hopefully TNT or TBS or USA. I think a USA kind of you know network. Somebody like that should buy it, um, so they could you know they could show it because I don't think any movie theater chain would have even heard of the movie. But somebody needs to buy it or something to show it out there. But uh, it's great, great Karate Kid style, uh, true story. You know, based on a true story. Uh, film so that was that was two thumbs up on that one yeah uh, well, oh you're not allowed to say that that's that's trademark <laughs> what thumbs up two thumbs up i said it my way it's it's owned by uh, G, uh gene and or whatever well we can edit that out siskel and ebert that's right um well now that you said it now people are gonna say it. that's right uh so let's see i saw a sausage party which you had previously saw so sausage saw party yeah still that and deadpool are, which is great deadpool you know after i saw nominated. a sausage party my knee-jerk reaction was uh it was good it was shocking it i have a different opinion slightly of it right now mm. than i did then i still think it was good but i was thinking about it a little bit more and it feels, and there's nothing wrong with this, but it, I mean, we just covered this with American Wrestler. It feels like it uh, copies Team America and South Park the movie too much in mm. its attempt to just shock. And South Park has been so amazing. South Park, uh, the cartoon, both of those are Matt and Trey. Uh, Matt and Trey have been so, they perfected shocking to such an extent that it became the style of their movie. Yeah. Yeah. Or the style of their productions mm-hmm. where like Sausage Party feels like it's just trying to shock oh, yeah, in the vein okay. yeah. of mm-hmm. South Park shocking. Right. Uh and I don't I don't know exactly how to articulate that. Still Sausage Party was good. I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was hilarious like I said I've seen bizarre. it about 4 or 5 times. Because it's just so damn funny. Um, I mean, it's exactly what you see in the trailer, but uh, yeah. So, you know, too funny. Party. I think it should get picture of the year just because. It should. Just because, I mean, if we're animated, I mean, I can, think it should be nominated for a lot of awards. We're in a new world where you can just grab them by the pussy. And I think yeah. that, you know, this is the kind of world where Sausage Party could be best picture. Nice. I saw Anthropoid. Did you Didn't see, see that? it? Yeah, okay. Uh, what a denial. We talked about denial. that. Yeah. I was in shock on our uh, last a literal shock that I could not believe that there were people out there <laughs> who denied the Holocaust 
millions of human beings actually deny it, which is just so bizarre. Yeah. So I just sit there and I'm like, it's just so sad that even in other cultures, other countries that supposedly have um, great education systems, you know, it's like the, these are act, actual Germans don't mm-hmm. believe that it happened to themselves. Right. And you just sit there and you're like, you have like one of the top three education systems in the world. Mm-hmm. And you have two or three million of your citizens don't believe that it happened 20 minutes from their home. Right. You know, I mean, it's not it's not like, you know, oh, these places are out here. It was just a prison or it was just it's like, no, it's there's history there. And you just it's it's a it is absolutely amazing that people out there are in denial aside, of, of aside from things, all the events. evidence. What blows me away is that you can actually accept that. Hundreds of thousands of Jews got together and managed to tell the exact same lie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. It, it, none of it makes any sense. Yeah. You can't pull the wool over, you know, and lie with three people. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just amazing. Um, aside from that, it was, a, it was a good movie. Yeah. It's a, it's a Rachel movie. Richard Wise, again. It's uh, a one-off. You're never going to watch it again. But because it's very intense. It's a very in-depth. It's, uh, it's lawyers doing what lawyers do in a different country. So as Americans, you know, our system is a little bit different. So that makes it interesting, but I don't think you would really want to sit down and watch it. Maybe. Part of the problem with movies like this is you what keeps you along the entire time is wanting to find out how it's going to end, what's right. going to turn out. It's not just like it's a pleasant or interesting journey, but you're like, well, you know, how does this, how do you defeat the Death Star? And then the moment that you defeat the Death Star, there's just no reason to watch, you know, those Star Wars movies again. Well, some people... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but, but the point are, is, is you're trying to figure out if she's, is... if uh, Rachel White's is, you know, going to succeed or not. Yeah. And where, where, what is exactly this guy's motives in, in his denial? And how do you, uh, how do you, uh, how do they one up him? How do they get past him or do they? Um, but once you know the answer to that, you're kind of like, yeah. why would you watch it a second time? You know where it's going. You can analyze things and you can you can use it as research. Like we we're saying, it's a true story, so you can actually look into these people's lives. So you can maybe watch it again to get a certain scene. Yeah, that's or, a different thing. It's you know, not yeah. going to be something that plays out on you no. know, TNT all the time. No. Um, but really good movie. Rachel definitely was yeah, definitely quite amazing. Yeah, should watch it. And, yeah. you know, she could get nominated for something. Yeah, for I think she will. Did uh, did you watch Captain Fantastic? Not yet. Okay. That's on my list, yeah. What about The Birth of a Nation? On my list. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we talked in the previous podcast about the stigma that surrounded the filmmaker with uh, his... I think we talked... Or was yeah. it... Were we still were we two, recording yeah. or was it after we were talking two, about... Yeah, two podcasts ago, but whatever. Uh, he got plagued with uh, the, this rape allegation or possible truth or something, I don't know, from when he was younger. Uh I don't know. It's sort of weird watching the movie and thinking about that. Um, I think it hurt the movie financially, and it, it hurt. Uh, well, there's a scene you know, in the movie hurt, that it it, I mean, look, it, it, it's about slavery, and you know, the white slave owners raped the uh, the black slaves. So that we know that happened. I mean, that's been. Are you sure? Or are we didn't people get to deny, deny it? it. Um, yeah, because I, there are people actually denying that's that. That's the thing. I Even though like, there's light colored. African Americans in this country, it just like where did they come from? Oh, Thomas Jefferson. Hello. I mean, it, you after know, it doesn't I watched, make any sense. After I watched Denial and then Birth of a Nation, I was like, are we just like a decade away from people denying slavery? Yes. <laughs> well, because so, people already do, but not in the numbers that you know people don't believe in the Holocaust. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, 
so there's a rape scene in Birth of a Nation, and that I guess that just sort of feels a little weird because of what you know the story. What transpired in possible yeah. reality. Um. Anyway. Yeah. And, I haven't I haven't seen it. Uh, again, both of those movies, Captain Fantastic and Birth of a, they're on the list. Birth of a Nation's way better than Twelve Years a Slave, but like both, you will never watch it again. You're going to watch it the one time, and that's it. And I, uh, that probably is different for uh, someone of African American heritage. Mm. That you know that story means more to. Uh, I'm still super disappointed that you know the only movies that minorities can successfully make are movies, movies. about you know Jews and showers or yeah. you know black people as slaves and that's terrible and you know like to see them in more things uh although the american wrestler having this really there so that's good or iran uh let's see you saw neon demon i have not seen it yet i've heard it's super weird neon demon and, and uh, it's by the filmmaker of drive yeah yeah it's 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 part music video part nightmare part weird oh my god spring breakers no 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 no, no. not that music not, video no, not that no 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 this is like the artistic David Lynch, you know, uh, Eraserhead kind of um, music video. Uh, just very strange scenes and incredible music. And just, uh, I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed it only because where it goes at the end. There's mm-hmm. no spoilers. But the last t- 10 minutes or so, um, it almost turns into a different movie. And it's fucking awesome. I liked it. Way over the top. Okay. I think people, I think the critics and a lot of people didn't enjoy the last 10 minutes to, you know, a certain extent where um, a lot of people didn't like it at all or hated it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it because it was just like, well, the movie's already a little out there anyway. Um, so why not go for it? Kind of like Drive. If you really watch Drive again, the violence in that movie is overwhelming. Yeah. You know, the, the gore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was shocked. I was just like, I was just in there. I'm like, holy shit. Uh, did they just actually blow that guy? Wow, he did. He just shot him with a shotgun, and his whole body just kind of flew apart. Uh, so this director has balls. I like that. He he kind of just he has feelings. He has vision, and he goes with it. And Now, Drive was made uh, in Santa Clarita and yeah, here in like Granada me. Hills. Yeah. Uh, is Neon Demon local? Is it right yeah, here? Yeah, it's all Hollywood. It's all, like, right here. Okay. I mean, it's uh, a lot of the scenery and a lot of the places that they go to are um, The pizza place and can... Drive is over here on Devonshire and Balboa. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Vincenzo's Pizza. Vincenzo's, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it's very local. And so it has, like, that Hollywood weird undertone, which helps the movie. Cool. Um, but, yeah. Um, Eye in the Sky was a pleasant surprise <laughs> for me. Yes. Um, I, you know. Edge I, of your seat. Yes. Really, I was I, expecting it to be a really good, a good edge of your seat war espionage or yeah. whatever type movie. Uh, it turned out to be a riveting yeah. movie yeah. about essentially one scene, mm-hmm. um, which is weird. Uh, it's or one. It's not. It's so weird because it's not really a story. I don't know that there's necessarily an arc, and I don't know that any of our characters change or develop. I think there's certain things about way. it. That's why I didn't like it. Like it's not a character. Yeah piece yet it is somewhat right. character driven it's driven by these various characters yeah uh i think and great actors and great and great moments again alan rickman uh rest in peace did an absolutely amazing job mm-hmm. he is so freaking good in this movie and you just sit there and you're like god what a fucking talent that you know mm-hmm. uh just it took too long for die hard 
and then between Dark Art and Now, you just sit and watch, and uh, some of his performances are just fantastic. This is up in the top three, mm-hmm. and it's he's not even in the whole movie. Like he has little scenes here and there, and it's it's a lot of sitting and watching video, and it's sitting and watching yeah, uh, so you cause... know what's going on. But he and other people make it uh, riveting. That's a perfect yeah. word for it. Where it can very, it's like a chess game. Mm-hmm. You know, Bobby Fischer, whoever made that movie, it made it interesting. Mm-hmm. It's not just the camera movement, but you sit there and you see people's reactions and you see what they're doing. And uh, you sit there and you watch, and Alan Rickman plays, he's a soldier. and um, But he's not boring in one scene. He's not, you know, but he, and he's basically just sitting there. And he's just, you know, I don't know. Um, a lot of great performances. Aaron Paul, I thought, was unbelievable mm-hmm. yet again. Uh, unbelievable uh, uh, scenes with him. Um, so good, so realistic. Like what you know, what he has to go through. Right. Um, but my my only like my only issue, my only uh, thing is um, even being a very much a liberal, a libtard, whatever you want to call me. Uh, you think that I'm anti-military because of uh, certain politics, not you, Vince, but other people. I am not anti-military. Right. I, want our, I want our military to go in and kill bad guys. I don't right. give a shit what. I don't care. The surroundings. I don't care what happens. If they can go in and kill Bin Laden 15 times and 5,000 people, I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Kill them all. Mm-hmm. That's just the way. Right. That's, we put our trust, our money, our patriotism into these men and women. They should go do a fucking job. And what makes it riveting is sitting there and looking at the red tape and all the bullshit. The politics behind. The politics yeah. of Aaron Paul or other military people just wanting to do their job. Right. You know, you just sit there and you're like, we train these fuckers right. to kill. And then these politicians that have no, you know, no thought process of like what these military people are going through. They're just like, it's about them. It's about politics. It's about, you know, this and how the media is going to take it, how people are going to. And you're like, fuck that. That's a bad guy. Fucking kill him. The interesting thing is uh, the politics build by not taking action. Yeah. So if you have. If you just have a knee-jerk reaction to something and you go ahead and do it and deal with the ramifications afterwards, the ramifications are less than we don't taking know. the time yeah. to ponder right. every step yeah. of the way. And, like, if the soldier just pulled the trigger and, and you know, in like, we'll talk about American Sniper. If he just kills the kid in that scene, then we deal with a dead kid afterwards and maybe we blame it on a soldier and, you know, PTSD or whatever. But the moment that other superiors are involved, well, should we kill the kid? Now there's plenty of people, too many people involved that when the aftermath becomes like, well, someone should have known better. You should have known better. You should have stopped it here. And everybody keeps referring it up, referring it up. And you're just like, oh, my God. God, and you yeah. get to a point where you're just like, in a, for American Sniper, it's just a kid, which sounds terrible, but you know, war is war is terrible. Um, so this movie examines that, yeah. and you just you get so frustrated. I, I got I got with. a little too frustrated in that structure. Yeah, so so um, rough. Only because it's like you just sit there and it's just like, yes, I completely understand. We've we've seen this girl make the bread. We've seen her play we've seen her read which right, women but aren't the people supposed who to are read. making the decisions have not right, right like no, no, the no. guy in the no, toilet of course like they're all thinking politically right and you can't necessarily fault them for making the decision that they're making because they're like 
not only are they thinking, how am I going to get reelected, mm-hmm. but they're also thinking this is above me. It's not my decision right. to make. And there are so many loopholes written into the rules of engagement yeah. that it becomes nobody's decision to make. And yeah. now we go back to what you originally said, the trained soldier on mm-hmm. the ground. Yeah. It is their decision to make, and you just have to have faith that they make the right one. And unfortunately, they don't always do. Right. But you deal with that after the fact. See, like immediately, what came to my mind was the movie Black Hawk Down. Yeah. When Black Hawk Down, like they're professional American soldiers in helicopters with the firepower to stop a genocide that they are witnessing. From mm-hmm. like 400 feet. They're literally looking out of the helicopter at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. watching a massacre, and they couldn't do anything about it because some fucking politician or some military person wants to be reelected, wants his name on a, a statue somewhere in 20 years. So they make these horrifying decisions, and you're just like, okay, this is humanity. This person has a bomb. These people down here are getting killed right now. Mm-hmm. You got to do something about it, isn't that? So it's not necessarily knee jerking. I'm not necessarily like a knee jerk type of person, right? Not like I mean, I'm you know, not needing. You know, I don't need to defend myself for what you just said. I don't mean knee jerk, but when you witness a person like an eye in the sky, this is not a uh, spoiler alert. He's quite literally putting a bomb jacket on. So yes. this whole scene in one of the drones, is like one of the scenes, is like this quote unquote terrorist is being you know, prayed for, and he's been put on the jacket and you just sit there and all these politicians are like figuring out what to do, blah, blah, blah. And like the military people are like, fucking kill him. Right. (laughs) And you're like, he's going to kill. If he kills 10 people, if he kills two people, even if he just kills himself, we have to stop this. And there is no politics. There is no religion. There is no But again, no the rules of media. engagement, that's the bizarre that's, thing about our police, yeah. who our police are supposed to ask questions first, then shoot. Right. Our police are not supposed to shoot until they're shot at. Right. And our military is the same way. Yeah. Um, so it gets and very confusing these, and it gets this very, This is what, yeah. m- you know, makes America great is that. But it's also very frustrating because, you know, we know we're right. But they know they're right too. Yeah, and this is where the whole rules of engagement yeah. get screwed up, and it. So it is a, a good. That, that's where the movie does work, and that's where Aaron Paul and these people are just sitting there, and it's just like, like the dude who's putting on the bomb uh, 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 outfit. He's not wrong. He is a hundred percent right. right. And, and what his, he's like, he doesn't think he's putting on. He's becoming a suicide bomber yeah. for the wrong reasons. Right. He believes in what he's doing. Right. And that's what makes it tough. We believe in what we're doing right. as well. Um. And I don't, it's it's so weird because you got to understand it from their point of view, even though I disagree with their point of right. view completely. Absolutely. Um, and uh, you know, not to get too deep and or not to give away that the plot of that movie uh, too much, but I think it was another movie that, or in, or somewhere else that I heard, if the solution to our wars is withdrawal. Mm-hmm. Like, as long as we have a presence, there's a problem. Because if your father is a terrorist and our American soldier kills your father, then you grow up hating Americans. And the only solution is to get the fuck out and then educate. And that's tough and bizarre. And why is there still still a deep seated hate from the Japanese culture towards Americans? 
well, we still have 600,000 soldiers throughout Japan every year. Right, because so we, we occupy base, every place. We have that, bases yeah. still in Japan, Okinawa, right. where, where like my grandfather was stationed for a while. We still have bases. They still have training. So as a Japanese kid, you go to school by American soldiers. Mm-hmm. You're constantly, 100% of the day, reminded that your grandfather, your grandmother, you know, whatever, was butchered yeah. by these soldiers. Not this particular soldier, but still the same. It's the same structure. So it's the same thing we're doing in other countries. And you just sit there and you're like, okay, why does Iran hate us so much? Because we're there. Right. <laughs> and the way we're there, we don't need to be there. And like a lot of those kind of questions pop up too, which is but great. You could get closer to you, you from Japan. I mean, you can get more to American heartland. Like there are a lot of Hawaiians that hate oh, Americans. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. And we and took Americans. over yeah. Hawaii yeah. to protect Hawaii yeah. because we couldn't have someone having a base that close to us. Right. Makes sense. Hawaii needed protection. They mm. didn't have a military. They if we if we hadn't gone in there, it's quite possible someone else would have come in there and completely decimated them. Oh yeah. So on one hand, they have to be grateful to us. On the other hand, we're completely we like did the same infringing. Thing. Yeah, we did we the same thing. But this we went, is, and we this went is and took weird. over. We didn't come in and decimate them. Right. We didn't come in and kill them. But there are Americans in Hawaii for so long that they've been born in Hawaii and they're Hawaiians now and they're as white as can be. Back to your Thomas Jefferson black right. thing. Like to grow up in Hawaii today and hate someone just because they're white, like they're a third generation Hawaiian. They've only known like right. in high school, they've only known being Hawaiian and yeah. growing up in Hawaii. But they're as white as could be. So we've decimated their culture by whitewashing it in that way, by occupying it, which right. happens in Japan. And, and that's I don't what's know. happening you, in other countries. You, that's look, what's happening in like these other countries. Yeah, you take where, a step where back. This is all you know, new. You know, this is all new in the last 10, 20, 30 years. So it's like World War One and World War Two, obviously, 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we still have issues with Germany. We still have to sit down at the table, whoever the president is, whoever the vice president is, you still have to be diplomatic with other countries. And it's because of what our forefathers did. That's just how politics works. And what's great about this movie to go back to eye in the sky is like, then you start watching how these politicians work and you're just like, fuck man. It's, it's a bad guy on a list and he's putting a bomb on his, you know, back. Mm -hmm. You just, you have to kill him. So it's a, it's it's very frustrating. And and what's good, what it, What's good about a movie like this is we're talking about it like this. You right. know, it's like it gets uh, you gets you involved. So yeah, it like gets you involved. Matter, yeah. You are it's it's not a uh, uh, a political thriller where you watch it once and you don't care. Like I, I don't know if I'd ever watch Eye in the Sky again, but you talk about it, and I would put it up to other political thrillers. Yeah. Black Hawk Down, I think, was that good of a movie where it's not just a war movie, it's not just a soldier movie. It's a movie based on truth of what Isn't are those? Meg Ryan and Black Hawk Down. A lot of people are in that. I don't even remember I who was all in that. I haven't, I haven't actually seen the whole movie in a long from... time because it's a long movie. But, yeah. again, you see it once. It's a vicious movie. It's a vicious story. Um, and it's that rules of engagement and, like, what do you do? So, yeah. next movie that we talked about, uh, you were going to go to the theater to see it. Yeah. Hell, Hell or High Water. Yeah. You saw it. Yeah. And? Uh, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, enjoy the performances. I think Ben, again, Foster is... Quite easily the most underrated actor is I think, amazing in the world. Absolutely amazing. Um, I mean, stole the fucking movie. And we're talking big, yeah. big people, big scene, big music. 
anytime Ben is on the camera, everything else is a fucking gone. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, his, it was his movie. It was yeah. uh, his no, no Country for Old Men. Yeah. yeah. But again, it's, uh, it's No Country for Old Men slash... What's his name? Uh, El, um, Gerard. No. Uh, no. Oh, uh, uh, no oh he wasn't that man. evil, but I mean, yeah. No, he wasn't that evil. Yeah. But what's his name? Um, what the... Who's Javier, Javier, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, the, the, the the people who made this movie really enjoyed No Country for Old Men and uh, Elmore Leonard novels. Mm. You know, like Justified and like that whole that cowboy mentality. This is my land, and you're not going to take my land. And right. fuck the lawman, but you're a lawman. Oh well, fuck the other people. You know, right. it's like so. It's very gung ho. Uh, Jeff Bridges is freaking awesome in this movie yeah. yet again. You know. Uh, Another stellar actor, uh, thankfully, long good Jeff, career. Jeff Jeff Bridges' uh, Indian racism is epic. It's absolutely hysterical <laughs> and horrifying. It's he, just like you just sit there and you're like, "Really? Did he just? Yeah, he just said that." And he probably, you know. Um, well, the thing is, is like I. But the way they made it, I the get way they zero did it. sense that Jeff Bridges is actually racist. Oh no, 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 no. Just no. constantly spewing racism right. against the Indians. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, even he even makes a joke. He's just like, well, I have years, what, you know, like I have more, 10 more years of this Indian shit, and then it's, you know, then it's on to the Mexicans, or, you know, right. he's like, I, I have a lot of this stuff in my head, like, yeah. whatever he says is a great line. get it all out. You know, it, it's, it's a great line. Um, but yeah, Ben Foster, great, but... Yeah. Uh, he killed it, yeah. Uh, yeah, at the end of the movie, I just kind of sat there, and like, I immediately thought, No Country Old Men. I thought of another movie, and another storyline that I enjoyed a lot more than this particular movie, so... So you glad you didn't pay to see it? Oh yeah, uh, no, I would have been because I was going to be at the ArcLight and it was yeah, like really, seventeen bucks. Really wasn't a big screener. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, yeah it, but it was just like it, again, living in LA, we have three hundred theaters here, and the only place that it was playing was at the ArcLight, hey! and it was like seventeen bucks, you know, God for a yelling. matinee or sixteen uh-huh. or whatever their fucking prices are. It's ridiculous. Um, so I saved a little money, which is great. Um, but, I don't think their prices are ridiculous. I don't want to wait. Long no, for matinee. I mean, oh. it's you know, this was like at one o'clock. I was like, oh, I got nothing to do this morning, this yeah, afternoon. Okay. I'm like, oh, Jesus, sixteen plus parking and right. It's a twenty five dollar movie. Just getting in, which is fine. Well, Sherman Oaks Arc Light, you don't have to pay for parking. No, I was in Hollywood. I was oh. over my dad's. So I was don't they there. validate? All right, anyway. Yeah. See, look at you. You're like, it no, doesn't matter. Whatever. Um, um, but yeah, it's you know, it's it's good. It's solid. But at the end of the thing, it's like I. It's one of those movies I doubt I'll ever watch again. So I think also on this list you saw The Hollers as well as The Hollers, I. yeah. Good, good, yeah. good. I love The Hollers. Uh, uh, John Margo. Kransky, directorial de- debut. Um, total nice family movie that you will see on TNT every year for the rest of your life. Yes. Um, it is, it's just, it's a good movie, but. Uh, It'll be Thanksgiving or Christmas movie. What's her name? Maggie. Margot. Margot. Yeah. Uh, something or other long. Unbelievably last good. Name. Ridiculously she, good. She, while the movie is not a nomination worthy, while mm. John Kransky did a good job, but you know, his directing is not necessarily nomination worthy. Her performance is. She yeah. was, oh, she, yeah. I mean, that's the one thing that'll probably come out of it. Yeah. Um, the, it's a great movie that will be around for a long time i mean just a, the kind of movie that people mm-hmm. will love for a long time it's a, it's it's a true american dramedy it yeah. has the good drama it has the good comedy it doesn't get too deep and it doesn't get too silly yeah. so it's like that middle of the road tnt thanksgiving movie like yeah, yeah it's it's just well done 
Um, and there should be a lot of praise for something that's just well done and entertaining. Unfortunately, the awards uh, recognize things that are stellar and right. out of the park. And her performance is, is great. And yeah. I, I think she might get a nom for it, given her age and given her body of work. I mean, at the very least, I think she mm-hmm. might get nominated. She could very, yeah. I, I mean, know, yeah, there's there's Fox she might and be stuff. Against, but, uh, the Hollers, highly recommend. It was a good movie. Um and then you, let's see, what else have you, you saw Lion, I have not seen that. You have think to it's see great? Lion. Lion is quite easily the best movie of the year. Okay. For me. Bar none. That, is it that, animated? No. No, what is it? It's uh, Slumdog Millionaire. It's that right, that, cool. that part of the world. Is um, it the same? Oh, it's that part of the world. I was yeah, it's say India. The same it's India, Calcutta. And is there a Bollywood number? No. I do love um, Bollywood. No. Shut up. Uh, although uh, at the end of the movie, women, at, at the end of the movie, maybe they're women work. rock two different worlds. Like there's the fat, ugly Indian chick, and then there's the smoking hot. I want to do conversation. Wow, we just went to Indian pure sexism. Chick. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's an unbelievable. You can grab them by it. It's Martin. an unbelievable. Shut up. It's an unbelievable right story. It's it's hard to imagine that it's a true story, and then you sit there and you watch, and it's a true story. Right it's, on. It's you watch it and you're. Uh, you're, I was completely blown away. It's one of those that and Arrival this year have blown, completely blown me away. I have not seen Arrival. Uh, I gotta say, Arrival looks like a, a better done Contact. Um, it looks like mm. you know yeah, it's somebody. I mean, Contact is like I don't know twenty years ago. I think it seems like it's it's in that. Uh, it's it feels in that like world. someone it's... grew up, watched Contact, liked it, and thought <laughs> this could be so much better, um, and mm. did a better job with Arrival. Uh, but uh, it's sci-fi, but it's it's also a, it's it's oh, humanity story. I gotta uh, say, the movie that hasn't come out yet, and you don't have a screener for it yet. Boo hoo! Uh, Passengers. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. My dad, like I said, my dad has looks, five or six other movies. Well, we don't. So, have, I don't. Have yeah, a I don't know what it looks much more. Well, that's more uh, uh, emotional. Uh, whatever. Popcorn. Uh, yeah, popcorn. I think. Anyway. But uh, um, what I'm really happy about, and which I'm really kind of actually shocked about, I still about, think Gravity is one of the best movies ever made. It's up there with Gravity. Um, I mean, it's up there with Gravity. You know, even though you could be there like at the end of Gravity and go, "Oh, come on!" and the cheesiness, and you know, she's in the water and puts a, the foot on land. No, and all not, of that. that's not cheesy. That's, um, that's that's some people felt it was a bit well, cheesy. They're but you know, and I will say that they're, as you're opposed an idiot. to uh, if you think that way, uh, when she stands uh, in the water, Chris Nolan's what was it inner. Interstellar. Interstellar, yeah, a piece of shit. I, mean, I still a fucking piece of shit. Following that drone at the beginning, you're crazy, and the truck and the flat tire. There is so much in that movie that is so far fetched and unbelievable, and just does. I mean, talk about a popcorn. Interstellar my, was one step away from being fucking a Marvel comic book movie. <laughs> and the thing about a Marvel Marvel comic book movies are great because. You're along for the ride for Iron Man or Thor and his hammer or whatever. That's the world you're in, and that's fine. Interstellar pretends to be in the world of, like, gravity, but it is as comical as a Marvel movie, and it doesn't fucking work. Okay. The base is in the middle of nowhere, and, like... You, he's the only guy that you don't can believe in sci-fi, man. Do it, just but just get over it. Don't worry so about it. So you probably want to like Rival because it's actually there's I don't know. We'll see. In it. Uh, let's see. So what else <laughs> did you see? Uh, Miss Sloan? Uh, not yet. Manchester by the Sea. Yes. And uh, really, really unbelievably. That's deep the Casey story. Affleck. Like. Casey Affleck. Um, it, it's it's one of the it's 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 horrifying. 
it's just so sad. It's it's one of the it's it's an incredibly depressing storyline. And what about uh, Nocturnal Animals? Have you seen uh, that? Nocturnal Animals. Uh, I'll actually blog about it, and re- you can read about it. Uh, it's it's still hitting. You blog? Me. I'll I'll, you know, I'll write something down. Oh, yeah. you mean on Facebook? I'll like on Facebook. Oh, or okay. I'll like I'll write something down, and then for a moment it. I was like, Martin's got a blog career. Well, actually, are, this could uh, throw it out there. Are you on? Uh, this could, Huff, Are you on HuffPost? <laughs> I could probably throw something out there on like, Nocturnal Animals. All so. right. Is it like a horror movie? No. Okay. Well, I mean, it has elements. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge is Mel Gibson movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it is one part 1950 cornball corny. Okay. One part horror gore fest. The most, one of the most violent movies I've ever seen. Okay. So you either you accept it that it's really really corny and cheesy, and then unbelievably graphic, mm-hmm. or you kind of like you just said about Interstellar, or you kind of just giggle and you walk away and you mm-hmm. stop watching the movie. And I think that's even what's happened with audiences. So part of the audience will be like totally into it, uh-huh. and a lot of the people will like, "What the fuck am I watching?" And they've gotten up and left. Uh, it's uh, Shia LaBeouf, right? No, who's the kid? No, he's Spider Man, the, the 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 new oh. Spider Man kid. Oh, no, not Shia LaBeouf or whatever. No, huh? Okay. Oh no, is he in the movie? I thought he was. I thought he was the star behind it. Uh, you got that somewhere. No, Shia Bluff's not in the movie. All right, whatever. Uh, so, I, it, you know, it's, Mel it, Gibson, and, you know. It's... And again, the, the, now that you now that you said Shia Bluff or whatever is, and Mel Gibson popped in my head, it is a Jesus movie. Oh, well, of course. Why not? No, so, no. Hey, you, he made you a kn- fortune. You got to know that. It. No, it's, it, it's you, you walk out of there and you're like, wow, you just kind of rewrote part of the Bible again. And, yeah, you know, it's, and it just like it, it adds to the cornballness, and it adds to the I think the, the best the movie, horrifying violence that's in the movie. I think the best movie ever did, which was fantastic. I only watched it once. Was the one on the Mayans? Oh yeah, oh yeah. What Talking about apocalypto or whatever. Yeah, apoc- yeah apocalypto. apocalypto. Yeah, that was a fantastic movie. <laughs> Talk about violence. Well, it's like that. Yeah, it's like hi Vince, how are you doing? Next scene, Vince's head is fucking cut off, and they're fucking the body. You're nice. just like. What the hell am I watching? Good times. And so, so Hacksaw Ridge is... So what you're saying is while Mel has been in hiding in his Costa Rican paradise, he's been consuming a lot of Eli Roth's material. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, it's cornball as in he's, you know, the kid's very religious. He won't kill people, but he's signing up because his oh, friends are signing right. up. Oh, that's right. He doesn't so want he, to carry a gun. So he goes and they're like... Yeah, uh, that's definitely... So they actually, he gets into the military. And again, it's a true story, supposedly. He gets into the military, not supposedly, I'm sorry. It is a true story. I will take that back. Um, but all of the scenes outside of battle are, uh, what's the a TBN or whatever that, you know, the Christian Channel the, Network. Yeah. It's one of those kind of movies. It's uh, it's howdy uh, it's howdy duty. Is Kirk Jesus Cameron time. in it? No, and he, he should be. be. He could be. <laughs> it's, you know, it's that, kind of, yeah. it's, it's that kind of stuff. And it's not childish, but it's very, very 1950 cornball. And then they get to the battle scenes, and they get to the war, and it's body parts and gut, literal guts and hands and arms, like, all over the fucking place, which war is, which I accept. But then you just sit there, and you're like, what? It, but it's almost comedic. It's almost giggly. And how corny it is, and then it's you know I, I don't know I, I got say, okay. I got a very strange vibe out of the movie. So when I like I, you know, left. 
I actually saw it in the theater because it's a big movie. Um, matinee, you know, it's like, you know, well, it snuck into two other movies, but. Um, what? You no. stole movies? No. But uh, it's a big movie, so the battle scenes are unbelievable. And uh, who's the comedy guy from old school? Will Ferrell? Not Will, the other one. Uh, Drawing a blank. Oh, Owen Wilson? No. Is in old school? The other, the, the main fucking comedy. Uh, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn steals the movie. Vince, Vince Vaughn, Vaughn is, is in absolute, Hacksaw Ridge? Yes, and he's absolutely amazing. You know, up until this point, I had no interest in seeing it. I mean, it, was, you know, it was before the Vince Vaughn. And even him. Talking even about the he weirdness is, of the movie. I'm down. I'm down. It he is really cool. G-rated uh, sergeant, you know. Uh, he wants the cuss. He wants to yell at the men, but it's all gosh darn zits and how dare yous, you know, to that to that extent. But um, he is hilarious. He is uh, um, really really solid. Something outside of his normal. I mean, he's very funny. Again, it's right. like he brings the humor and most of the humor, you know, to this movie. But he really does play the John Wayne gung ho, you know, cavalry mm-hmm. kind of person really really well. To the point he should be nominated for something. I don't know about Academy Awards, but I don't know if he. I don't know if it was up for a Golden Globe. Oh uh, yeah, the Golden it, Globe noms are out, aren't they? Yeah, but it. Uh, yeah, Deadpool was up for uh, Best Picture. Oh, was it really? Yeah. Good for them. Well, comedy, but you know, still. Uh, comedy yeah, but... musical. Um, but yeah, Hacksaw Ridge. It's it's uh, like I said, man. It's it's one of those things you just sit there and you're like, wow. This is a cornball love story, and then I think that's that. Uh, yeah, that's that guy's intestines that he's holding on to, and he just lost his leg. Uh, so, Golden Globe nominees this year for Best Picture Lion, Hell or High Water, Moonlight. Don't have that yet. Hacksaw Ridge, Manchester by the Sea. So, uh, Lion. You've seen everything there for the exception of Moonlight. Yeah. Moonlight and Loving, I want to see. Those are the two, um, those are the two biggies that I really am waiting for. Uh, Besides Rogue One, of course, but that's not going to you know, get nominated for anything. How does this? It doesn't. It tells me like uh, he's on his computer looking up stuff. I am. So that's the silence here. But uh, yeah, you're supposed. Yeah, to I really want to see Moonlight. I really want to see Loving. Uh, those those two stories uh, look really good. Um, the storylines. Um, what is Moonlight? What is it? It's a movie. Yeah. Do you know what it's I about or? I don't want to say anything. Okay. I haven't seen it, so I'm not going to say, you know. Okay. Uh, I don't know what you're looking up. Here we go. Best for, all right. This is a better list. Um, <laughs> well, because the other one was telling me best performance by an actor, but it wasn't telling me what movie it was in. So uh, best motion picture musical comedy or, or music or comedy is 20th Century Woman. Don't know what that is. Deadpool. La La Land. I've seen the trailers for that. That is not sitting here either. Florence Foster Jenkins. That is sitting here. Uh, Sing Street. That is not sitting here. I've never I don't know heard, that heard of that one. Uh, best performance by an actor: Casey Affleck for Manchester by the Sea, Joel Edgington for Loving, Andrew Garfield for Hacksaw Andrew, Ridge. Uh, Andrew Garfield, yeah, Spider Man, yeah, yeah. Viggo Mortensen, Mortensen for Captain Fantastic, and Denzel Washington for Fences. I want to see Fences too. I don't. So. I don't think Fences is sitting no. here either. I saw. Um, the, I saw the play when I went to New York back in high school. So it's it's a pretty solid story. Best performance by a chick in a motion picture drama. Sexist. Uh, Amy Adams for Arrival. Jessica Chastain for Miss Sloan. Oh, okay, cool. I was wondering when Miss Sloan was. Isabella Rupert for Ellie or Ella. Ellie, uh, that's I think L. that's sitting here, right? Yeah. Uh, ooh, this one getting trippy up. Ruth Nega 
and EGGA. Ruth Nega for loving. Natalie Portman for Jackie. Oh, yeah, the Jackie. Oh, the Jackie story. Yeah. That's not sitting here either. Um, best performance by a dude in a motion picture musical Sexist. comedy. Uh, Colin Farrell for The Lobster. Ryan Gosling for La La Land. Hugh Grant for Florence Forrest Jaker, Jenkins. Jonah Hill for War Dogs. Oh, that's not sitting here either. And I do want to see. Oh, I think wow. that's out you, on. You get, yeah, you get it. Yeah, I think it's Redboxable. It's yeah. And uh, Mr. Ryan Reynolds for a uh, Deadpool. Um, Which he should win. And, yeah, well, Ryan Reynolds should Come win. Come on, six hours Ryan, to make it. Ryan Reynolds is awesome. Uh, best so, performance by a chick musical oh, comedy. Uh, Annette Benning, 20th Century Woman. Lily Collins, Rules That Don't Apply. Haley Steinfeld for <laughs> The Edge of Seventeen. Emma Stone. Oh, I want to see that. Yeah. I, oh, I, The I, Edge I, of Seventeen? Yeah, that looks awesome. Yeah, that looks really good. The... the Anytime they, anytime they say it's like something up there with Breakfast Club, I got to check it out. I'm like, okay, that's some big fucking Oh, words. I love coming of age. You know, movie, if, well, teenage, the teenage yeah. sex comedy. Well, you know, I'm a child of the eight. We're a child of the yeah. 80s. So the teenage sex comedy is But, I mean, same. when you say it's like as good as Breakfast Club, I'm like, it's got, you, that's some they balls. Said that that's shit some about Wallflower. Remember that? Nah, that well, was not as good I didn't as believe any of those fucking critics. But, like, this one, it's, it uh, looks good. It looks good. It looks very good. Um, where am I? Oh, The Edge of Seventeen, Emma Stone for La La Land, Meryl Streep for Florence Foster Jenkins. All right. Well, that looks like it'll be good. Uh, so Meryl Streep will win. Best performance by a supporting dude. Uh-oh. Uh, Mara Mishalala Allah. You want to talk about being <laughs> whatever. Wow. Mean. Uh, Moonlight, Jeff Bridges, Hell or High Water, Simon Helberg for, my God, for Florence Foster Jenkins. I guess that's the must-watch movie. Well, it's a European, it's, you know. Dev Patel These are the Golden Gloves, remember. Lion. Uh, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Nocturnal Animals. Uh, best no. performance by a chickadee. D- Dev Patel or whatever for Lion. He, if he, honestly, I mean, he's got to be nominated, but if he doesn't win, it's, there's, there's really that riots. good, huh? Uh, best performance by a chickadee, uh, supporting chickadee. Fucking sexist. Viola Davis. Uh, for Fences, Naomi Harris for Moonlight, Nicole Kidman for Lion, Octavia Spencer for Hidden Figures, and Michelle Williams for Manchester by the Sea. Which I don't um, truly understand, but anyway. Director, La La Land, Nocturnal Animals, Hacksaw Ridge, Moonlight, Manchester by the Sea, Screenplay, La La Land, Nocturnal Animals, Moonlight, Manchester by the Sea, Hell or High Water, uh, Foreign Language... We don't care. Animated. Kobo and Two Strings. Mona. My life is a zucchini. <laughs> That's not sitting over. That sounds awesome. Sing. You Zootopia. immediately go to the gutter. I know that you just went to some chick with a zucchini. You fucking. No, freak. it wasn't. I didn't. I Whatever. just thought that such a weird title. Um, Song and eh, score. And then now we're in the TV. Um, so uh, you brought over a new pile of movies, and uh, the first one in my hand is Life Animated. Any ideas what this is? No idea. A uh, documentary from Roger, mm. or from director Roger Ross Williams. Life Animated is the story of Owen Suskin, a young man who was unable to speak as a child until he and his family discovered a u- unique way to communicate by immersing themselves in the world of classic Disney animated films. The documentary follows the next stage of Owen's journey as he graduates to adulthood and takes his first steps toward independence. Weird. That sounds like it'll be entertaining. Uh, Christine. Uh, apparently, the Stephen King book is yeah. being remade uh, again. <laughs> no. I, I, I really doubt that would ever happen. Uh, well, Michael C. Hall is a supporting actor. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, and Rebecca Hall, yeah. 
It got really, really bad reviews. What is the relationship this is the, between the... Rebecca and Michael? I don't know. Because they both have last name Hall. Yeah. Rebecca Hall stars as Christine, the story of a woman who finds herself caught in the crosshairs of a spiraling personal relationship and career crisis. Christine, always the smartest person in the room at her local Sarasota, Florida news station, feels like she is destined for bigger things. As an aspiring newswoman with an eye for nuance and interest in social justice, blah, 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 blah. This is the story, the, the true story, of she and one uh, uh, San Diego. This is where Will Ferrell and them... like The looking, first newswoman? No, they, but they made fun Women of... Women can't tell the news! They made fun of San Diego for several reasons, but San Diego is actually one of the first, I guess, news department heads mm-hmm. that... Uh, Coin the phrase, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. That mentality. Loud noises! Yes. Uh, if it bleeds, it leads. Mm-hmm. And she took it upon herself to do more. Make and, it bleed? Well, she... Be more than just bleeding. No spoiler alert. This is a true story. She that She's the one that shoots herself on live television. Oh, nice. And why'd it get panned? This is not they, very well made. It's like two and a half hour movie. Oh. It just got really panned. It just got really kind of blown over. Yeah, that's bad. Um, so I don't know. Again, I didn't see it, but it's like it's one of those true stories of like, what? Somebody actually killed themselves on live TV? Yes. In our country, we actually had somebody in the 70s shoot herself that was... to try to cause a stir, and nobody even remembers about it. That's what's fucking sad about how news organizations are today. Uh, Captain Fantastic, uh, which you hadn't seen. No, that seen movie it. would be slick if it was a half hour shorter. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, I'll be. You'd say it just about mm-hmm. any movie, but that movie would be. Really there's certain. There's certain movies. Sure. There's certain storylines or whatever that you need time in, and uh, two and a half hours is not that big a deal. Um, like you said, a lot of the Avenger movies and the tentpole. There's so much story and so much you know great right. you know action and stuff. Um, sometimes two and a half hours isn't much, but then some stories are can be easier said, can be easier shown if it's you know end of an hour and a half or two hours like a typical movie uh we have land of mine here uh never heard of starring it. nobody that i know directed by nobody that i know and cinematography by nobody that i know and no synopsis whatsoever uh rat pack <laughs> is involved in it and has a total runtime of 101 minutes so i don't know that's another one of those movies man oh here's ella or ellie so this was got a nom- oh direct best director uh, it was to be considered Paul uh, Verhoeven. So, oh, it's a Paul Verhoeven. Okay, yeah. So this is uh, this will be this is a big movie in Europe right now. He's a uh, Showgirls, right? Yeah, yeah. So and Total Recall. Be, hopefully, there'll be a cool uh, sex scene in this. Uh, there's two or three rapes, and it's kind of a story. Okay. It's a it's a comedy slash dark humor of her. This may surprise you, and unlike most people, I don't really like the rape scenes. No. They, they do not belong in any film, no matter what the storyline is. Even the accused film. did not need the scene. I go, I block, I Wait, agree is with, that the one on the pinball machine? One, I two, three, four, 100%. fuck him till her pussy sore. Is that the, is that the accused? Yes, I agree with uh, Kevin Smith. Yeah, that's None okay. of these movies need it. You, you talk about it, it's enough to have your mind thinking about it. You don't need it, chump. Yeah. Um, no matter what it is, no matter what the story is, the accused is an actual real story about a rape. Um, and there's a lot of storylines like that. You don't need a show. The accused sticks with me and the chant sticks with me because I know they never got permission to, from the pinball company and the pinball company sued the shit out of that movie. Several companies. Because several she's times, raped so. on top of their machine. Right. And I don't remember what machine it was, but they, they flipped out. Like that was a big, 
<laughs> it was a big deal. Um, if I remember correctly, Monster did it in a great, horrific way where well, you Monster, don't see what happens. Yeah, but, but see, Monster also comes... It's so awful. And Mon- what's left to the imagination yeah. is always more awful. Than but at the same show. time, her imagination ran wild. So 90% of the stuff that she said, you can't... you don't know if it's true or not. So I think the filmmakers took that and ran with it in a very, very good way because uh, she was so crazy. Like the, the poor, you know, that lady was, you know, she's insane. So you can only take so much of what she says. That's uh, the movie. That's, that's, that's the big, yeah. that's the big, Hugh Grant went on Howard Stern to talk about this movie. Uh-huh. That's the this sec- is, uh, they, they can't hear. They can't see it. I mean, they, the Florence movie. I'm sorry. Yeah, but they don't know. Uh, Florence Foster Jenkins is what I'm holding. Hugh right Grant went to Howard Stern. Uh, supporting actor Hugh Grant and Simon Helberg. Yeah, it's the second movie that he's promoted in America. Cool. He's so into this movie. Well, it's got uh, Meryl Streep is in it. Um, sure, it's been nominated for stuff. So, I guess it's supposed to be really it funny. It's supposed to be one of those. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's 110 minutes long. I know that it's rated PG-13. They actually put that on the disc. That's nice. <laughs> Miss Sloan. Hmm. Uh, oh, it's still sealed. I need. Uh, if you open that drawer, there's a an illegal switchblade, the middle drawer right there. No, then you have the illegal switchblade. Oh, again. It's so much more effective. Dead air. Dead air. Not my go. fault. See, now we get the sound effect. Oh, yeah. There this we go. Down again. Oh. Snazzy. So I said something about it's fingers, which is illegal, and now you have that, I guess. So. Fingers. You know, the thumbs. Uh, Miss Sloan is in the high stakes world of political power brokers. Elizabeth Sloan, played by Jessica Chastain, is the most sought after and formidable lobbyist in D.C., known equally for her cunning and her track record of success. She has always done whatever is required to win. But when she takes on the most powerful opponent of her career, she finds that winning may come at too high a price. I don't know. I feel like this is the kind of movie that was just made for Jessica Chastain yep. and no other reason. Yep. Um, that's why I don't really care to see it. Yeah. I'll, just, I'll see it eventually. That's that's on the bottom of the list. I'll actually watch movies I've never heard of before before I see it. Yeah. Which is kind of same. I, mean, I really, like, I really like her is, and I really like the, some of the people in the movie. Right. It's probably not going to be bad, but it just feels like that's it was just made for her. Yeah. That's old um, Hollywood. That's... Uh, Somebody, somebody, you know, somebody had a contract with her, and they had to throw her in a movie. By Amazon Studios is The Handmaiden, a 1930, 1930s Korea in a period of Japanese occupation. A new girl, Suki, is hired as a Racist. hand. I know. <laughs> uh, you know what's funny is I, I didn't say it to try and sound Japanese. I said it to make fun of uh, a True Blood. One of the things I've hated from True Blood from the beginning was her name. I was like, oh, my God, give her a more real-sounding name, not Suki. Like, Suki well, Suki. none of them can act, so they barely know how to say Suki. Fine, but it just it was just so weird. Like <laughs> I don't like True Blood, kids. I'm sorry. Every time I'm I like, love horror, but I... Sucker, sucker. It's just such a... Uh, I'd never name a character that. No, was, In this case, she's a Japanese girl. It kind of makes sense. Um Suki is uh, hired as a handmaiden who a Japanese heiress, uh, Hidiko, who lives a secluded life on a large countryside estate with her domineering uncle, Kozuki, by the maid. Oh, I'm sorry. But the maid has a secret. She is pickpocket. 
she is a pickpocket recruited by a swindler posing as a Japanese count to help him source the lady to elope. Yeah, this is going far. Yeah. Um, okay, people. <laughs> anybody who's listening, if you are ever writing a synopsis, yeah. you'd never, ever include characters' names. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. The reader who's I actually trying learned to figure that, out I actually what learned that at my classes. Does not give a shit right. what you named your characters. Woman, the girl. synopsis is what the story is about. Uh, this is too long, and I don't know what it is. That is very <laughs> low on the list. <laughs> well, when you can't even actually finish the synopsis because you're bored with it or you disagree with it, yeah, that's not a good sign. The Dressmaker, also by uh, Amazon Studios, based on the Rosalie Ham <laughs> novel, The Dressmaker follows a glamorous woman, Kate Winslet, who returns to her tiny middle-of-nowhere hometown to the right the wrongs of her past not only does she reconcile with her alien eccentric mother and unexpectedly fall in love with a pure-hearted teddy we're we talking about a guy named teddy or a bear <laughs> or we're we talking about women's lingerie but armed with her sewing machine it could be women's lingerie oh my god but armed with her sewing she's machine, in love with her clothes an incredible sense of style she transforms the woman of the town it, it, it transforms the woman of the town and in doing so get sweet revenge on those who did her wrong. God, I hope she falls in love with an actual Dude. woman's Dude, okay, daddy. that's that's actually on top of the list now. Maybe It's she, Kate Winslet anyway, I Kate watch Winslet. it, but um, have to check that one out. Directed by Sam Maslin, who nobody knows. <laughs> well, except his family. <laughs> right. Those people. A Monster Calls. I really want to see this. This is on top. I, I have to see this in the theater, though. So Really? Yeah. Uh, so this is, this is a big movie. This is big, 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 big. Special effects, um, CGI stuff. I don't know. Oh, Liam Neeson, Felicity Jones, Sigourney Weaver. I recognize those names. Don't recognize anybody else's. 12-year-old Connor. Again, we're including names. 12-year-old <laughs> Connor dealing with his mother's illness. A okay, less than sympathetic grandmother and bullying classmates, classmates finds a most unlikely ally when a monster appears in his bedroom window. Uh, I see why you like it. Or what you're interested in. <laughs> Ancient, wild, and relentless, the monster, uh, portrayed by Liam Neeson. Are you saying that I like guides, monsters? Yes. Guides Connor on a journey of courage, faith, and truth. The script is adapted from Patrick Ness from the novel A Monster Calls, and A Monster Calls is directed by J.A. whatever. Um, yeah, so the monster in his room takes him on adventures. Yes. Pretty cool. I love Felicity anyway, and... Anytime you can get Liam Neeson involved. Uh, we, there, and there's um, monsters, so it's it's a triple whammy. Um, I'm holding a movie uh, <laughs> called Arrival by a director, Dennis Villeneuve, who I don't recognize. Um, you know, oh, there's Amy Adams. I recognize her name. And Jamie, Jeremy Renner and Forrest Whitaker. So there's a couple of people in this. But the sleeve says nothing. I don't know what this is about. What is it called? It's called Rival. Oh, I didn't even I see that. People, so it was in the box that... It's about... I, Oh, Arrival. Arrival. It's about people. I thought you said Rival. Arrival. It's about people getting. Arrival. I'm I'm kidding. Jesus Christ. Of course I'm kidding. We all know what Arrival is. Everybody knows what Arrival is. If you don't know what Arrival is, you're listening to the wrong show. It's going to win everything. So, Nocturnal Animals. Yes. uh, That's up next. That came with not only a synopsis on the inner jacket, but it also came with a 8x10 sheet of paper to tell you what this movie is about. Um. Oh, and the 8x10 sheet of paper. Uh, Go see the movie in yeah. such and such screenings. Yeah. Dear Ampus member. Yeah. 
uh, well, nothing can take the place of seeing a movie as it was meant to be seen on the big screen. Focus Features is proud to present the enclosed film for your convenience and consideration. Nocturnal Animals. As you are aware, piracy, blah, 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 blah. We are also pleased. So that's actually as in the synopsis. No. Uh, that's to, go, to get your ass out of the house and actually go to a theater. So these, your father. Yes. Okay, so these come out or come up. You get these because he's an Academy member. Yes. Not because he's in SAG. So these no, are, SAG, SAG has different. SAG actually has a different list. And that's why sometimes he'll get two movies. So they actually will okay. they will sometime cross each other and he'll get two you know two copies of the same movie. Um, but they've really narrowed that down. That that rarely happens now. My friends in SAG yeah. will get like they, they'll get they a certain get in list. The co- nocturnal animals, it's always in the smaller jacket. Yeah. They'll get a it's certain never they'll in get the a bigger yeah. jacket. They'll like get it they'll get a different not a different version of the movie, of course. They'll get a completely different uh, set of movies or you know whatever i've seen the sag and i've seen like and like andy get uh the producer for the PGA, my, yeah. um uh major crimes and the closer mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. he gets a nice you know they're way he gets different. more they're, than your dad they're, they're, well but they're way different oh they're nicer packaging oh oh yeah that's interesting yeah he'll get i mean he'll, they'll be lined up and even you know like the box will come it'd be 10 movies it's pretty well andy has also won an oscar yeah, I wonder if so, that changes. Maybe I mean he's, he might ranks. be on a list. He, he might be on one of those lists. Um, so Nocturnal Animals is uh, Jay Gyllenhaal, Amy Adams, romantic thriller that explores the thin lines between I don't love know if there's and any romance, cruelty, uh, uh, and revenge and redemption. Amy Adams and Jake Gyllenhaal star as a divorced couple discovering dark truths about each other and themselves in Nocturnal. Have you seen this? Yes. Okay. Susan Morrow lives an incredibly privileged yet unfulfilled life. One weekend, Susan receives a novel on nocturnal animals written by her ex-husband, Jake Gyllenhaal. The novel is dedicated to her as Edward tells the tale of Tony Hastings, uh, also portrayed by Mr. Gyllenhaal, driving across a lonely stretch of Texas one night. Tony and his family are harassed by a trio of joyriders when day breaks, Lieutenant Bobby Andes uh, dedicates himself to pursuing the suspects once Tony's worst fears are realized. Susan increasingly interprets the book as a tale of revenge, one that forces her to reevaluate the choices that she has made. This sounds like a really good Gone Girl. Okay, yeah. It's in that vein. It's, 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 it's... And it feels a little like Vanished. Okay, yeah. Is it? Is it no. good? Uh... Like I said, this is the one I'll actually blog on. This is the this is this overall. Is it th- good? Would you watch this again? No, I would not watch it again. Okay, who who wrote it, or who's listed as a writer? Uh, looking, looking, I'm looking. Is it not? I got editing. I, I got actress, supporting actor. They uh, might have. They might not. Screenplay. Have. Well, screenplay by Tom Ford, based on the novel Tony and Susan by Austin Wright. So yeah, that's why I, I couldn't find writer because this is a screenplay and it, it is a adapted. Film. Adapted, okay. Uh, and Tom Ford is also the director of it, so he adapted the script, produced it, directed it, and then it's probably oh, Army Hammer is in it. Yeah, I, this looks like something I want to see. Yeah, you'll watch All it. Right. Looking forward to that. Um, actually, you should watch that first because I want to. I want to. I would like to hear your. Action and reaction to right. it. And, and, I gotta, that's and my homework. Wife. I got to watch that by next week. Um, no, tonight, actually. 
uh, Tony Erdman, which came with an extra... They, they couldn't print the synopsis on the sleeve, so they sent a piece of paper with a synopsis on it. Oh, and Ellie's on the back. Um, Practical Joker uh, Winfried disguises himself as a flashy Tony Edelman to get his busy daughter uh, attention and change her corporate lifestyle. The father-daughter challenge reaches absurd proportions until Enos begins to see that her eccentric father deserves a place in her life. This does not sound good. <gasps> Rated R with a running time of 162 minutes. Jesus. You needed two, this two hours and 42 minutes? You needed two hours and 42 minutes to tell a Shut up. They, that has to be a mistake. And 162 minutes. They needed two hours and 42 minutes to tell a story that they wrote in two seconds. <laughs> synopsis. <laughs> You are out that has of to be a mistake. It has to, it has to be ninety two minutes. I mean, that's the problem with this movie is, like, you. I mean, that's a chunk of time. Like, I'm going to skip every. I'm going to watch everything before I get to this because I'm like, I don't have three hours. That's what I I'm saying. So, certain movies are like that, where you're just like, you could get this down to eighty minutes. minutes. You could get this to ninety six minutes. A and there's no disrespect. Story. And there's no disrespect or whatever towards the filmmakers because we haven't seen the movie, but. What could possibly yeah. happen that is that riveting for two hours? Let me see the thing. No, no, no. The, yeah. Oh, the synopsis. No, no, no. What do you want? Here you go. God damn it. Uh, and, and again, it's a, it's a movie that, you know, I've never heard of, like, any of these people. It has to be European. On the back side Peter Simonczyk uh, and Sandra. The synopsis Ull for Ellie. Uller. Uh, head of a leading video game company, she brings the same ruthless attitude to her love, life, and business. Being attacked in her home by an unknown assailant changes her forever when she resolutely tracks... Resolutely. When she resolutely tracks the man down, they are both drawn into a curious and thrilling game, a game that may at any moment spiral out of control. Elliot was directed by Paul Verhoeven and the screenplay by... 131 minutes, so two hours and ten. That's much more. Well, it's Paul for better Hogan's. He doesn't know how to edit either. Uh, it's Tony Erdman, two hours <laughs> and 42 minutes. Are you serious? I mean, that, uh, that's is that for real? Yeah, 162 minutes. Yeah, they wrote it on the disc and Jesus on the paper. Christ. 162 minutes. I don't. Something, something happens there in the second act. I don't act. think I'm going to watch that. That's a second act movie. That. That better that, be good in the first act. twenty minutes, because if it's not, it's definitely. <laughs> that's what I'm me saying. So it probably draws you in, and then the second act is you know 140 minutes long. Uh, the comedian with Robert <laughs> De Niro. This is the one I was. This Roberto De Niro, uh, an aging comic icon, uh, Jackie Burke, whatever. Robert De Niro has uh, seen better days, despite his efforts to reinvent himself and his comic genius. The audience only wants to know him as the former television character he once played. Already a strain on his young brother, uh, younger brother Danny DeVito and his wife uh, Jackie is forced to serve out a sentence doing community service for accosting an audience member. While there he meets Harmony, Leslie Mann. Oh, I like her. Uh, a, the daughter, I totally, I love Leslie. That chick is, she's so funny. She's so sexy. Oh my God, she's married. She is. She's married to a uh, uh, funny dude. Uh, the most powerful man in Hollywood. Judd Apatow. Apatow or Apatow, I don't know. But yeah, uh, but Leslie rocks. Uh, the daughter of a sleazy Florida real estate mogul, Harvey Keitel. Oh, this sounds fantastic. 
Uh, and the two find inspiration in one another, resulting in surprising consequences uh, through the alchemy of their unlikely friendship. Harmony and Jackie overcome their emotional damage and emerge as better people. Sounds great. And there's a synopsis on the back of that comedian thing. Oh, there is? Oh, Land of Mine. So, they're at, they're remember, because that was the first one you looked at. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, so just so lost now. Yeah. Written and directed by Martin Zandolif, Land of Mine follows the previous, the hidden story of Denmark's darkest hour. In mm. the days following the surrender of Nazi Germany, didn't happen. In May 1945, German POWs, many just boys, held in Denmark were put to work by the Allied forces with minimal or no training in diffusing explosives. Oh, yeah. They were sent out to remove by hand in excess of two million of their own landmines from uh, the Danish west coast where the Nazis thought the Allied invasion might occur. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I mean, it's pretty awesomely fucked up, but it's pretty awesome. Um, go find those mines. Put them in die. <laughs> yeah, well, your father put them there. That's <laughs> your father's problem. Oh, shit. Uh, Amanda Knox. This is a Netflix movie. So is this available on Netflix right now? I have no idea. I don't have figure Netflix. this shit out. Netflix is making movies. Can you just watch them on Netflix? No, because they actually have... Well, they have to be in... The two theaters in L.A. or the one theater in New York... For five showings before, otherwise they're not nominated. They're they can't be nominated. Oh, this is a documentary. So after you do that, after you do that, you know you can put your movie on Netflix. This is a documentary. Uh, through interviews with Amanda Knox, her ex-boyfriend Raphael something or other, prosecutor whatever, <laughs> and reporter Nick Pisa, new light is shed on the events and circumstances of the high-profile murder case that has fascinated the world for the past nine years. Okay. Who's Amanda Knox? Isn't that the one that killed her baby, killed her kid, and then blamed her parents or something? Isn't that Amanda Knox? I have no idea. I think that's the one. This certainly has not fascinated me for the last nine years. I, I don't know. I'm not even kidding. I think the Amanda Knox, I think that's the one that's, yeah, she blamed her parents and then she got away with it. Like the, she was let go or whatever. Did her parents do time? Nobody has. She was found not guilty or something. I think that's Amanda Knox. So this is like the John Bonet thing? Nobody went to trial over John Bonet. They arrested people, but they never went to trial. Amanda Knox, she went to trial. I think that's her. Is that her? Uh, I just clicked on it. Uh, Amanda Knox is an American woman who spent four years in, in an Italian prison. Oh, no, no. Oh, okay. No. Following her conviction of the 2007 murder of Meredith Ketcher. Oh, I do yeah. know this story. Yeah. The exchange student. The exchange student, yeah. Um, yeah, in Italy, and there's a the weird story as you track it about a light and it not being repaired, and her boyfriend hating she hates her roommate, and her and her boyfriend like someone's lured back to the apartment, and then they, she killed her. Yeah, oh, okay, I do know this. This is be all right. This is gonna be a good movie. Documentary. Yeah, documentary. Yeah, I'm into this. It's a fascinating story. Yeah, that's uh, one. So, man and Ox be good. Um, it's like the girl in Florida that you know killed her kid, and then like you know yeah. she tried to blame the parents. Oh, I don't know. It's not Amanda Knox, but it sounded like that. Oh, um, I don't know. I can't. I can't think about. of her name, but they're making a documentary on her too. So, um, but the, she was. She was. You know, she was arrested, and they went to trial and everything. She was found not guilty. The girl was, in Florida. Yeah. Uh, the Ivory Game. Yeah, this is the documentary. Uh, 
uh, best documentary feature, also a Netflix movie. By working with undercover intelligence organizations, activists, front range, frontline rangers, and conservationists to infiltrate the corrupt global network of ivory tracking, trafficking. The ivory game exposes a dark world of threatening endangered African elephants. Um, Probably something you guys can't watch. I, it's something I can watch. This is, I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> you like you didn't even finish the sentence, and I yeah. saw on your face you're like, I probably want to watch this someday, but she has to be out of the country. She so. cried during Birth of a Nation. She was just no, no, no. Like, but she, yeah, I mean, this is real. She was, it was the most my wife. It was the most awful thing. The horrible things they did to the slaves, and she's just like, I don't. She flat out said, I don't like watching anything that makes me feel bad, and that's fair. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, Especially when it's a true story. Like, I mean, that, you know. Yeah, I won't watch Blackfish. Right. Like, uh, you know, right. I know what the topic is. Yeah. And it's not. Whether you believe it or not, because it's a documentary, blah, blah, blah. There's, like, controversy about it. You still know, you know, there's there's a lot of shit going down to animals you my, know, in my this country. My problem in all of this. And, and other countries. And the wife and I get into a bit of a debate. Yeah. She gets upset. I don't get upset. So, like, take the African lions and the ivory. It's wrong. Yeah. Like it's ter- it's awful to kill a f- four ton animal or whatever the hell it is just to rip its tusks off yeah. because you want to make a piece of jewelry because you think that, you know, if you make, you know, soup out of it, it's going to give you a stronger penis. The right. weird things that particularly the Chinese do with this stuff. But this is the problem. I mean, I, I use the Chinese because I know there's like tiger paw soup and different things they do with sharks. And we talk about blackfish. They've been doing this for centuries yes like this is their culture yeah and this particular story maybe not but what you're saying is their culture right this particular story with ivory trade it's the same thing the people who own the land if the elephant is on their land it is their property yeah that's the way that they think of it this is the way they've always thought Mm -hmm. of it they don't think in terms of the planet's survival and when I sit here, when we sit here in this beautiful house in Granada Hills, it's easy to ponder the planet's survival. Right. We don't know what it's like to be to own a piece of land in Africa and not know where your next meal is coming from. I mean, it's always depicted as like there's these rich men making right. a fortune off of it. And somewhere like the along dentist the that chain, went over and killed the lion. It's like, like the it's not, it's not him. These people that took him out there are quite literally have no money. So right. they took the dentist on this journey to go kill a lion, but this rich lion, you know, this rich man went out there to kill a lion. But like these people, like you the said, people, own the his land, guides, they can't even, they don't even own the guns because they don't even have money yeah. for that. So it just, you know, so what's really going on in these parts of the world? You got to sit here and you go like, yeah, they, you shouldn't kill elephants, but how do you fault them for like, they live in. They live in horrible circumstances. They can't afford a pair of shoes. Yeah. Like they, the villages are dying. World. And, you know, I mean, the thing about the elephants and Trump's kids are like, yeah, we kill the elephants, but then the meat feeds the village. Oh, actually, that was in Trump. Oh, that's GoDaddy. Mm-hmm. GoDaddy uh, became a big uh, controversy because he was out killing elephants. But he's, we use the meat to feed the people there. They need that. Mm. It's like, yeah, but they. <sighs> There's other animals. There's Do we other need ways. A, yeah. a fucking rich dentist right. to go do it? And I guess that's part of. The bother is like, how small is your prick that you need to go murder a big animal to feel like a man? Right. And that's... And then not even do anything. That's the other thing. It's like not even do anything with the the rest of the carcass. So you destroy this animal 
for like you said the, the tusks, tusks and then they just and then you just it. walk away. but that person or that company or that whatever they'll just like walk away with the you know a tusk right and then the scraps go to other animals and and poor people and you just sit there and it's just like yeah do you, do you need a you know do you do you need four millimeters or whatever you want to call it in your country uh to your dick mm-hmm. you know that kind of stuff do you need like the perfect baby has nothing to do with the tusk. It has nothing to do with anything. It has to do with your genes and diet. It, it's you know, like a, so it's like the suicide bombers. We're right, but they're right too. Yeah. And the only solution to any of this is education. Yeah. But it's just, I mean, I don't, I doubt Deanna will make it through this movie. I don't know that I'll, I don't know that I'll even watch. No. It. Because like the movies like this, I don't really care to see the situation I'm, with black, uh, black, Blackwater. What the hell is the one? Blackfish. Uh, Blackfish. That's yeah. The situation with Blackfish. Yeah, I understand. It'd be fantastic if all the whales were Roman free. And yeah, it's probably not great that SeaWorld is breeding the animals so they have another Shamu. But SeaWorld does so much to give back to the environment. Right. And they need they need to be a sustainable business. And unfortunately, in that business, yeah. required the sacrificing and the breeding of a Shamu so they could always have a Shamu to bring kids in to mm-hmm. love the icon Shamu. We watched Founder just now, the icon of the Golden Arches and Ronald McDonald later on. <laughs> you know, the, that, that icon, Mickey, Shamu, brings the kids in, brings their parents in, funds all the research that they do. Right. So... The end result there is a, a animal, Shamu, is sacrificing its life in the wild to bring in that money. Here's the catch-22 to it. You can make the same argument about the dead elephant mm-hmm. and that the money that that doctor, the dentist paid, the 50000 that goes into their economy and to those people, that that animal is making the sacrifice for the overall good of their land. And this is why this whole subject just becomes so fucked up. Yeah. And like you said, I don't per- know. I don't know what's right word. or wrong. I know what I feel is right or yeah. wrong, but per- I also understand the other side. The perfect phrase is it's a catch 22 because there's good and bad on both sides. That's literally, I mean, I think that's the definition of that phrase mm-hmm. is, you know, whatever side you're on, you are correct and you are wrong. Right. You know, it's like we're at war right now with these, you know, with terrorists, like with ISIS. Well, ISIS is there because. Isn't it called like ice hole now? Well, ISIL. I mean, it's always been ISIL. Is it? Okay. The Republicans, they couldn't say ISIL correctly, so they started saying ISIS. Okay. And that's a true story, kids. Look at the, look at the fuck up because um, they're so fucking retarded. Um, but there, there is like, like you said, there is a side to that terrorist that he believes is right. Yeah, if you kill my and father, a, right? There's a side to these the Ivory Coast. Don't know this particular story, but if they're out hunting down these elephants, it's to better their people, right? Their, their society, their culture, their part of the world. Right. We completely and totally differ from that in America. But then when you come to America, we have zoos and we have our own issues with animals. Yeah. So you just sit there and you're like, how could you say that they're doing it wrong when we also are? You know, so that's where the catch twenty two is like. Well, we do a lot of good with SeaWorld and some bad. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I mean, that's that's unfor- that's the unfortunate side of dealing with creatures that we can conquer, you know, that we can do things to. So there is a good and bad on, on both sides. The, uh, the Los so, Angeles. I mean, the, the dentist is a piece of shit for going over there to kill a lion. 
But then, well, that's I mean, and that's, I mean that's a that's a simple that's story. That's what feels like a disgrace as an American right. is like uh, I understand all of the economics from the African side and why they would kill the the elephant, even if it's one guy who's just making one African leader who's making a fortune. Right. Coney 2012, which where the hell? What happened to that? That was a yeah. Facebook sensation that just disappeared. Um, but you know, we just watched the founder and uh, Roy Kroc. Who is Roy Kroc? Kroc. Um, I just forgot his name. Uh, Kroc, who took advantage of businessmen to build his empire, is the same as some African warlord taking mm-hmm. advantage of his land to build his empire. You can't fault that. That's like I mean. yeah. we do the same thing. He Roy Kroc was just doing it with burgers. But where you can take issue is what the fuck is wrong with you as an American that you have to feel like a man? You've got to go shoot an animal yeah um i've never understood that and i don't get it like i have family members and like i've walked away from family members that you know hunt and like friends and i and and i don't like you know and it's just like hunting for game i don't understand hunting for food is completely different even people who hunt for food no i mean but but there are hunters out there that you know do like in a you're talking captain fantastic there are people out there that live off of the land right even today you know not third world like but today even Americans, they'll do that kind of stuff. You go to Alaska, you go to parts of Canada, mm-hmm. even in yeah. you know, that region. You live off the land. Um, there are ways around it. That's my in, take. In my <laughs> head and in your head, but we don't live there. We did not raise. You know, we didn't. We weren't raised in that situation. I do not so. change my own oil on my car. No, yeah, because I can take can it do. to a corner and it's twenty dollars. Right. I do not kill my own pig right. because I can walk into a Ralph's and. Kroger, market whatever. and get it right um Go ahead. all right next up julieta unbelievable movie oh you loved it okay this is uh that's right you did talk about this julieta lives in madrid with her daughter anita they both suffer in silence over the loss of uh zone mm-hmm. uh anita's father and julieta's husband but at times grief doesn't bring people closer uh, it drives them apart. When Anita turns 18, she abandons her mother without a word of explanation. Julieta looks for her in every possible way, but she discovers how little she knows of her daughter. I'm glad you said that this is good because this yeah, doesn't sound very good. This does not sound good But at look all. at the director. It's Pedro. Pe- so what else has Pedro done? He I also adapted the screenplay. Talk to her. He's done several Spanish. He's a Spanish uh, director. Um didn't care for skin or the skin I live in. I didn't care for the ending, but that was like that's probably his most financially successful Antonio Banderas movie uh, a few years back. Um, good movie. Julieta was it's he's he's a fascinating director. Not a good synopsis at all. I like even what you just read. Not not even close to a good <laughs> a good thought of the movie. Let's see. I've got I Daniel Blake. Uh, no idea to be considered for best picture. Uh, Ken Locke directs the story about the fight of one man against the inequality of government bureaucracy. Guff, uh, but good-hearted, Daniel Blake is the man out of time and a windowed woodmaker who's never owned a computer. He lives according to his own common sense and moral code, but after a heart attack leaves him, blah, 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 blah. Who's in it? Uh, No idea. Oh, are they on there? Dave Johns is the actor. The actress is Haley Squires. It's a Sundance Selects movie. No idea. Hmm. Um, Wiener. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, oh, this will be fun. Uh, in 2013, Anthony is documentary. Anthony Weiner still reeling from the sex scandal that ended his political career two years earlier is back in the spotlight as he mounts a comeback campaign for New York City mayor. But it's not long before his history repeats itself. And, uh, you know, if you don't know the Anthony Weiner story, then you're an idiot. You should look it up. It's fun. Um, the, the most fucked up thing about the Anthony Weiner story is how, in the end, it screws over Hillary Clinton's campaign. Uh, yeah. Okay, because yeah. it is Anthony Weiner's wife, well, the, the, ex-wife's, uh, computer that yeah. they that the FBI right. in the final it has nothing moments, to do with Hillary, but right. But. So they right they had nothing. It had nothing to do with Hillary. The FBI is investigating Weiner and his wife's computer, and they find and because she worked for Hillary, they find the other part of the missing thirty three thousand emails, mm-hmm. and the uh, case is opened back up. And she that, lost. She lost New York. She lost the in those in that final weekend. That was yeah. her October surprise. And you sit there and you go, "This motherfucker who sends dick pics." I mean, she's got to just be sitting there going, "I can't believe mm-hmm. this is." What. She lost her state because, like, that is politics at its best. Mm-hmm. That something that happens four years earlier by somebody who's completely disconnected to you, sending pictures of his penis to random women affects your bid for the presidency of the United States. Yep. So bizarre. Um, IFC Films, Born to be Blue with Ethan Hawke, uh, tells the tumultuous life of jazz singer Chet oh, Baker. Oh, that's the Chet Baker. Okay, yeah. I don't even know who that is. Yeah. Uh, played by Ethan Hawke, who in the 1950s was one of the most famous trumpeters in the world, renowned as both a pioneer of the West Coast jazz scene and the icon of cool. All right. I forgot that the, what it was called. Uh, we have The Salesman here, which is an Amazon Studios uh, flick. Uh, tells porn. the story of Eamon and movie, yeah. Rana, a young couple living in Tehran who are forced to move into a new apartment after their old flat becomes damaged. However, once relocated, a sudden eruption of violence linked to the previous tenant of their new home dramatically changes the couple's life. Creating a simmering tension between husband and wife. Sounds awful. 125 minutes, so it took two hours to tell that story. Still not two hours and 40 minutes. Um, let's see what else we got here. All right. Uh, hunt for w- wilder people. The hunt for wilder people. I didn't even see this one either in the box. It's not. You're, you're picking hunt. stuff out of the box that I didn't even look at. It is hunt for wilder people. Starring and directed by nobody you know. Best actor in a leading role, Sam Neill. Oh, man. Uh, raised... Okay. Oh, Lord. Uh, raised on hip-hop and foster care, defiant city kid Ricky gets a fresh start in the New Zealand countryside. <laughs> he quickly finds himself at home with his new foster family, the loving Aunt Belle, the cantankerous Uncle Heck, that must be Sam Neill, and dog Tupac. <laughs> When a tragedy strikes that threatens to ship Ricky to another home, both he and Heck, oh, Heck is the uncle, go on the run in the bush. As a national manhunt ensues, the newly branded outlaws must face their options, uh, go through a blaze of glory, or overcome their differences and survive as a I'm down. Um, This reminds me of uh, last year or the year before. You remember that Australian movie, Rover? 
Yeah. Did you watch it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Nobody fucking saw that movie. That yeah. was a good movie. Yeah. You know which one I'm talking yeah. about? Uh, it's very Mad Max. Yeah, the Mad, Mad, Mad yeah. Max Part the One movie. Are, yeah, and got a great reveal in the end that makes that whole thing work. Uh, kids, if you've made it this far in the podcast, if you haven't seen Rover, it's available. You should see that from a couple of years ago. Uh, that's a good movie. That's a movie that uh, that was overlooked and should be watched. Uh, the Music of Strangers, Yo-Yo Ma and the Silk Road Ensemble. All right, I don't need to read the synopsis. It's about Yo-Yo Ma. <laughs> if Yo-Yo don't know who he is, then Yo-Yo yeah. need to learn. And he's breaking shit again. Um, all right, uh, what do we got? We got Is that the Neruda? last of it? Is it what? Is that the last of it? We got more. Jesus. There's, there's more over here. Holy crap. Yeah, well, that's why I'm trying movies. to move quick. Yeah. Uh, Narada, uh, beloved poet Pablo Narada. Uh, is also arguably the most famous communist in post-World War II Chile. When mm. a political tide shift, he is forced underground with the tenacious police officer hot on his trail. Meanwhile, in Europe, the legends, blah, blah, blah. Oh, Pablo Picasso. Narada, police inspector. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we've got to move quicker. Hacksaw Ridge, we talked about that. Yeah. We talked about that. American Pastoral. All right, American Pastoral, based on the Philip Roth novel, follows an all-American family across several several decades as their idyllic existence is shattered by social and political turmoil that will change the fabric of American culture. Wow, that's just blah, blah, blah. Uh, Ewan McGregor directs. Ooh, interesting. I like Ewan. Ewan McGregor directs the film and stars as Seymour Swede Love, a once legendary high school athlete who is now a successful businessman married to dawn a former beauty queen but turmoil brews beneath the polished veneer i don't know <laughs> moving on manchester by the sea we talked about this casey affleck flick uh red turtle i always have a problem with this are turtles the ones in water or are they the is that the tortoise you're married to who i know I always and what does she do Turtles are in water, tortoises are on land. But doesn't tortoise sound like porpoise and it belongs in water? <sighs> Always screws me up. Das Red Turtle. Speaking of which, I watched uh, Chef's Table last night <laughs> on Netflix. Do they eat turtle? No, but oh. they uh, fed red peppers to chickens, mm. which organically was discovered would be part of a chicken's diet and the hot red peppers don't affect the chickens like chickens don't have a hot sense mm-hmm. that they they uh, like we do the uh what is it the cobalt scale what is it called yeah Are you right right peppers anyway um but they fed red peppers to chickens and that caused chickens to lay red yolk eggs wow yeah it's pretty cool uh so the red turtle uh, co-produced by Studio Gibraltar. Yeah, like I care about the co-production. Um, written and directed. Uh, the story well, of a man does. shipwrecked on a tropical island inhabited by turtles, crabs, and birds. Red Turtle recounts the milestones in life of a human being. I loved uh Was that Castaway. animated? That's animated. Oh, it is. Best animated feature. Oh. You guys are going to watch that. Uh, She'll love it. 81 minutes long. I was looking forward to like Castaway, an actual feature. No, it's an animated movie. Uh, she actually doesn't so, like animated movies. Well, it's, it's got turtles. She always falls asleep. It's got turtles. And crabs. Um, Maybe a Wilson in there for you. Your name. And then uh, in some squiggly letters that is either Chinese, Japanese, Korean, or something like that. I'm guessing it's subtitling your name. Mm. 
Oh, it's an an this is an animated movie. Mm -hmm. High schoolers Mitsuara and Taka are complete strangers living separate lives, but one night they suddenly switch places. Uh, okay, so that's the type of movie that, that is. <laughs> well, it's, it's Freaky Friday. Yeah. I mean, it ends right there. What else am I going to learn from me? I, I agree. I, mean, I immediately went to Freaky Jodie Foster's A Small Child and you know, Freaky Friday. Uh, I like the one where the two the two guys change places because they're pissing in the same fountain. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Uh, that Leslie Mann's in that one. And yeah, she wears a fake Paul Rudd uh, or a, yeah. prosthetic boob. Um, bizarre occurrence continues to happen randomly as the two must adjust their lives around each other. Yet somehow it works. They build a connection. Yeah, Freaky Friday. I don't need to go on. Should have stopped earlier. Well, you read it again, so and that's a big animated movie. That that's gonna uh, Kubo or Kubo and the Two Strings. Yeah, from Animation Studio uh, Laka. Oh, I'm glad they told me that. I wasn't gonna watch this, so I found out it was from Laka. Um, Are you being a smartass? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, why do people put like we don't even? They have do to that. put their name in there, dude. Yeah, but we don't do that. It's not like from 20th Century Fox. I mean, that's, some of them do. That's a logo. That, they don't do that in the synopsis. Anymore. Yeah, they do. do they? You're you're reading one. Before with the thing in there. This isn't um, Kind-hearted Kubo ekes out a humble living, telling stories to people of his seaside town, but he... Uh, his That's in the theaters. Re uh, relative... But his relatively quiet existence in Shattered when he <laughs> accidentally summons a spirit from his past which storms down from the heavens to enforce an age-old vendetta... Now on the run, Kobo forces joins forces with Monkey, played by Charlize Theron, and Beetle, Matthew McConaughey, uh, and sets out on an epic quest to save his family and solve the mystery of his legendary fallen samurai warrior father. Blah blah. It's in the theaters. Oh, Rooney Mara and Ralph. Big people Rooney are in it. Yeah. Are in it. Yeah. Well, their voices in it. What kind of animation is it? Is it J Japan animation or is it? Look I don't like, know. Is it like Pixar animation? I think it's Pixar stuff. I think everything's gone that Pixar look. Um, a little of both. Pixar-ish. I don't know. 13th. This is a documentary. Uh, 13th examines the mass incarceration evolved to its current epic proportions of what the ramifications are for communities of color across the country. I don't know. It's a documentary. A documentary. It sounds like a social experiment, too. Yeah, all right. Documentary about black people, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Don't know. So there we go. That is the current crop of screeners. Uh, what here are you excited to see? Uh, to go back to a couple of the, 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 the I don't know, the, the pile that you had. Um, well, there's one here that you said I must see, except we've moved so far along. Julieta and Lion are on your list that you have to watch. I really think, uh, Juli I mean, it's in subtitles, so, you know. Julieta is in subtitles? Yeah, so I don't know oh, if you'll I watch it. Because you're American. It's active. That's you know. active viewing. Yeah. Florence Foster Jenkins seems see really it. big. Miss Sloan. Dressmaker, Handmaiden, A Monster Calls, uh, uh, rival nocturnal and oh no wait a minute it was nocturnal that was yeah, the one that you told me that i needed to see yeah you'll watch it you wanted that's the one that you said i needed yeah. to see immediately so uh got your take tony erdman comedian no i don't care amanda knox the ivory game juliet uh juliet i i strongly suggest people wiener 
I Daniel Blake, born to be whatever in the salesman. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't mind reading movies. It's not. No, that... I know. I was just goofing because a lot of people actually do, and it's really bizarre to the, me. The problem with American. The way that we treat cinema is cinema is entertainment. Right. It's a, it's relaxing and it's a. Uh, oh, I don't know. I understand it. Yeah. In the way it, that it, other it irks, countries treat me. cinema is it's an art. Yeah. And it's the problem with why 3D television is not successful in homes. You have to sit up. You can't tilt your head. You can't lie down. You have to sit up and pay attention. Yeah. And when you want to just sit down and veg out and watch a movie, mm-hmm. reading a movie is very active right. participation. Of um, and you know, we, in the past, I mean, you say Julietta is good. Life is beautiful is an amazing movie. Life is beautiful is. Which one was that? <laughs> that's uh Roberto Benigni. Oh, won yeah, the yeah. Oscar. It's about, you know, him lying to his kid during the, uh, completely making a whole new story out of nothing the Holocaust that uh, didn't, didn't happen. exist. Right. According to him, <laughs> and according to his kid, <laughs> maybe his kids would per- perpetrate this. His kid, he doesn't believe the Holocaust happened. Right. right. Um, to him, it was just a game. Uh, I mean, that movie won the Oscar Roberto Benigni won. Um, I watched that movie and read that movie and it's a beautiful movie. Yeah. It's a fantastic movie. And then I rewatched that movie dubbed. Right. And was, way more awesome because now i could pay attention to all of the performances the eyes it's the completely nuances. different it's yeah it's a different um, experience Absolutely. you know people get annoyed with watching a dubbed film but the problem with reading is, is i can't look at the character's eyes and right. i can't see what else is in his, his movie his movies are it's all of his movies if you ever watch pedro's movies are character driven mm-hmm. are actual and so real like when they're eating you can like taste what they're eating like he's really really in depth he's really in the scene in the moment mm-hmm. so i he's one of the few of the subtitles i don't think will take away from that it could possibly i don't know it didn't take anything away from me because that's the thing is yeah. like I, I i understand what you're saying a good subtitled movie you've got to watch twice to then appreciate it the second time right. around and now you've just taken an hour and a half movie and turn it into three yeah. hours for right. me to enjoy yeah and Life is Beautiful, it took years before I watched it the second time, right. dubbed, where I went back and said, okay, several, a lot of time has passed. I remember loving this movie. Let's I'll, watch it now. I'll watch it dubbed. a different way. Yeah, and, and see how it is. Uh, and it, you know, I just, I'm not crazy about dubbed movies, because so. there's usually two or three people doing the entire film, and it just takes away from the movie, because then I start giggling on the voices. So yeah, because I was be, like, "Oh, this is the same man." It could be obviously, real bad. which was uh, you had mentioned. Uh, what were we talking about at the beginning of the podcast, or before we podcasted about uh, you watch something where they couldn't maintain the accents? Uh, the Hank Williams movie. Oh yes, the yeah. Hank, which I haven't seen yet. I saw it, it, the line. And it's not really that. It was just we didn't talk. It about was it, overdone accents from oh, people. To do that. So it's they're like all from the they're South. trying to be perfect uh, with the work and you're like no that's let not... me enunciate and you're like people I don't, don't know what that word means. people don't talk that way and then you sit there and you're like these are kind of amazing actors and there's like people who are behind the scenes are amazing producers and writer and you're like why well, the fuck did you go then why the fuck did you go that route i don't mm. understand like i you know i gave it about 15 minutes and i was just like i can't watch i love elizabeth olsen you know not the olsen twins or nothing but like her their older sister She's a really damn good actress. Mm-hmm. And through this performance, she's all smiles and tall. And you're just like, 
Okay, I know people talk like that, but not every day, every particular moment of their life. Mm -hmm. They do that, you know, in public or at church or, you know, whatever. It's like, no, I, it's not believable. Like True Blood. I couldn't, I stopped watching True Blood. I think I made it through three episodes mm -hmm. because the accents and to me, bad acting, no offense to any of them or the directors, people love that show, whatever. I couldn't stand it. Yeah. You know, I just couldn't stand, uh, and, and all of the accents, uh, including Suki herself, um, were just ridiculous. Yeah. So I just, I couldn't, it you took no me, argument for me. I but it, like, it took me away, quickly. like you're saying subtitles, it took me away from the enjoyment of the, the show. And it's just like, oh, I want to see these vampires, but they're talking funny because that's not how people talk. Mm -hmm. So that's all I got out of it. And you're like, oh, that was a really good kill. That was actually pretty bloody. But I'm sitting here giggling because, good, kill him. The guy wasn't talking right. You know, just like, so things like that kind of, you know, irk me. Right. You know, to no end. Like, that's one, one of my pet peeves. One of my major pet peeves is getting words wrong. Get another actor or actress or get another director Fire the vocal coach and get somebody in there who has balls to stand up and say to the director and to the actors, that's that's not how it is. Right. Because, like, Abraham Lincoln, you know, he turned into that character. Um, he had two vocal, you know. Uh, oh, you're talking Daniel Dan Day-Lewis Day -Lewis and the Spielberg Daniel Day-Lewis went with historians and went with vocal coaches for, like, six months. You don't have to go that big into it. But the movie's called Lincoln. You're playing Lincoln. Right. Obviously, you need to be that character. And he's that kind of actor anyway. But there were people there on set and in his he's mind. He's a cobbler. Huh? He's a cobbler. Cobbler? Yeah, Daniel Day-Lewis is not an actor. No, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Okay, I was like, what he's are you He's not an actor anymore. He's a cobbler now. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. But I anyway. Mean, whatever, but like, good for him. But, but a, lot of, like, a lot of his roles, it's like, yes, sometimes it's budgets and sometimes this. It's like Wachowski brothers weird. Yeah. Or Wachowski no, siblings. Sisters. No, they're both. They both crossed over. Have we transitioned to that? We're calling them sisters now and not siblings? <laughs> I don't know what. Well, no, but they're both. But they both don't have penises anymore. Right. Which is weird because one, like, said, I'm not going that route. And after talking for two years to his new sibling, he decided to go that route too. So yeah, it's it's rather. What? It's a very very talk about a documentary or a movie that needs to be made. It's that <laughs> it's because so the movies that they made and the art, you know, and the commercials and the stuff that they did. Is fascinating, but it's almost more fascinating what the fuck's going on behind the scenes. See, aside from The Matrix, I don't like anything they've ever done. And, and and even The Matrix is weird and you go like, all right, at one point you at one point I'm like, one of them became a woman, and that's sort of strange because they were the Wachowski brothers, but okay. But I find it so hard to believe that parents gave birth to two boys who should have been two girls. That's no, what that, they, no, yeah, no. The whole that's thing. That's where it that's gets super mean. strange. That's like, what I mean. Caitlyn Jenner feels that she should be a woman, right? And I'm not going to argue with that because I don't know who Caitlyn Jenner is. Right. I'm not her. I'm not her or friends with her. But when Caitlyn Jenner's brother also feels like she should be a woman, or Caitlyn Jenner's sister feels like she, he should be a man, I'm like, mm, I don't know. Right. I feel like nature got it on. wrong twice in yeah. the same family. <laughs> Something, something's going on. Like They got bad cocaine or bad drugs or bad tomato it, or something. It becomes really bad yeah. because it falls into the Christian idea of like, well, you weren't born gay. You choose to be gay. Right. Because it's super hard to believe that both yeah. these boys. <laughs> yeah. 
It's yeah, it's a you know, it's a strange concept. And then you watch their body of work, and you go, "This shit is fucked up." And I think the honest thing is, is these two people are just confused about everything. everything. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I don't want to tell them they're wrong, but I, I don't want to be the person who judges that. But I don't know what the fuck the take is here, other than I'm probably not going to watch Jupiter Ascending, which nobody did. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, somebody did. I mean, two, two or three critics did. Uh, speaking all, of unwatchable like. movies, uh, motherfucker M. Night Shyamalan, I think, is, you know, getting me again. Uh, have you seen the previews for his? Oh, I'll watch it. He's in it. I like it. I'm one of the Signs. few. Shut up. I'm one of the few that enjoy his movies. Oh, I hate his. I think his, I know. A I lot of people are that are way. Such shit. Signs was entertaining, and I thought particularly this, the birthday party scene when you see the alien for the first time. Yeah. Just watch out. Um, was amazing. Um, you know, Unbreakable. I love the idea of it. The execution wasn't good enough that I would rewatch it. Unbreakable is a masterpiece. And, uh, the, I think it's the best thing that Sam Jackson's ever done. The oh no, Pulp Fiction! Come on, no. Uh, the I see dead people movie. Um, you know, I I it doesn't work. Anybody who rewatches that the second or third time, it, Bruce Willis dead doesn't work. Um, and that's been a problem for most of M Night's movies is the there are huge gaping holes. In, yeah, 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 yeah. No, in, no, I understand that. Uh, and then it was weird, like. He's making Avatar at the same time that James Cameron's making Avatar. His gets renamed The Last Airbender. I don't know. The current movie. What's the name of the current movie? Do you know? I don't know. I forget. Uh, the, the, a guy with... Uh, oh, Split. Split. Yeah, a guy with uh, multiple, multiple personalities. Uh, kidnaps people. Kidnaps three girls, keeps them in a, a basement bunker, and the girls don't know which personality they're dealing with. Uh, and it looks awesome. Well, that, that guy though, uh, super entertaining. That actor, I the performances look yeah. solid, um, and you know, creepy and confined, and and I love all of that. Uh, That's what made uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane so good. Besides John, besides John Goodman being you know John Goodman, who's one of the best ever. Uh, what helps even his part is that confinement, is that restraint of like you you can't do anything. You have you know it's a ten by ten cell. Mm-hmm. And what you do with that, what you do with that space, that so that's what makes that movie so entertaining and so intense. Uh, whether you liked the ending or not, whether you liked what happens, whether you liked the the other movie Cloverfield, it really has nothing to do with Cloverfield Lane. I thought John Goodman was just absolutely amazing in that movie. But I love I love movies like that. Uh, Dos Boot, like any any time you get anybody, oh, Dos Boot is good. That's but any time you get people a in movie. a situation like, see, that's what hurt Devil. Speaking of M Night and like his people, what hurt the movie Devil about the elevator? You know the elevator movie. No, um, is they kept the camera kept leaving the elevator. Every time you're in the elevator, you're trapped in that space and what is going on. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Okay. The second the camera leaves, who gives a fuck? Because you're just like, people are watching, and I'm like, I don't care about the people watching. I'm watching. I want to see what's going on in the elevator. Mm-hmm. So, like, Cloverfield's so good because you're stuck in the, in that, you know, space. Um, and, like, Split, that's what it looks like. It's like you are literally in this, right. you know, basement, or you're in, you know, whatever structure he has created for Did these people. Did you ever people. see Buried with Ryan Reynolds? I can't watch a movie like that. That's one of my phobias. Too confined? Yeah. <laughs> okay. no, 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 I mean, no, being buried. I mean, like anything. Oh, I like, I have a part vertigo kind of thing. I can't, like, I can't lay Holy level. Holy shit, speaking of vertigo. I can't, uh, I can't lay level. Or... Uh, apparently there's a video on YouTube that's gone viral. A couple million uh, hits. A doctor 
who explains to you how to make vertigo go away. There's certain. There's and a lot it's of videos somewhat out of, of a sensation that yeah. is pretty bizarre, but people are all about it. Like I guess people get vertigo attacks that last several days. Yeah. And you sort of bend over doing a somersault, put mm-hmm. your elbow in one position, turn toward that elbow, get up really quick. Like it's really you would yeah. think this person's out of their mind, right. but apparently it works. Yeah. So, you know, when I actually was first diagnosed with it, the person uh, that said, yeah, you have a slight case of, you know, vertigo and it's fairly common. These are the things that you need to do. Look things up or whatever. There was something very similar to that. So that guy, obviously he's like the, the new video that you're talking about. And like I've seen, or have it's I actually heard of it. a woman talk about being sexy. Oh no. Uh, oh, then, it's maybe something, then it was something else. See, I didn't, you shouldn't make those assumptions. Whatever chick. Chick. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're an anyway. hour and 51 minutes in. Um, well, we had a lot of movies to talk about. We did have a lot of movies to talk about. So uh, so anybody out there literally listening, uh, go watch Lion. Go find it. Go. I'm force, going to watch Lion and Go Nocturnal. for force movie theaters to pick it up or go to Netflix and bombard them with uh, viewership. Watch Lion, Nocturnal, and a few others. And uh, next week we'll reconvene and maybe watch another flick and then... Uh, Talk and the founder. It. Watch the founder. Holy shit. Yeah, Michael Keaton. Good. God damn. Really, really How can good. he not be nominated for a Globe? What the hell? Because of money. Yeah. That our listeners can't see you doing Well, I can't do fingers. it. I can't talk about it because I know inside information that should not be talked about. But, right. yeah, it's it's a known fact that Golden payola. Globes are... Moviola. Yeah. Oh, Moviola. Lots of payola. Moviola is the editing machines. Lots of payola goes on in the Golden Globes. So, unfortunately, the Golden Globes... I mean, and, you know, whatever. It's open. It's out there. It's kind of like soccer. I love soccer, but God, fight and all them are. It's the Hollywood Foreign Press, Martin. And as we know, foreigners have a much higher class than we do, and they can't be bought like we can. Right. So if you take them to dinner and buy them a car, they'll vote for your movie. No, no. They're far more respectable. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I said a nice, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll, add it. You know, it's a nice car. It's Range Rovers, you know, that kind of stuff. It's uh, Range Rovers. Um, all right. I'm Vince Roca. I am Martin Bailey. <laughs> Where's my clap, man? What the fuck? I don't That's at the, the beginning. Anymore. We don't do the sound effects oh, you. I'm, I'm Marty. Martin Bailey, what whatever you want to call me. It's like living with a six-year-old. Pretty much. You. It's like living with a six-year-old. Thank you. That's the most famous scream in all of cinema history. The Willem scream. The what? It, that's the Willem scream. From what? From... Thousands of movies. Oh, really? Oh, okay. This is a scream. It's a used. Okay. It's a ridiculous uh, scream. And uh, if you really listen to it, when you're watching a movie, you will. This is used in Indiana Jones. And, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> like, this is used in so many movies. Um, this same scream got used over and over that's, and over. That's, and that's pretty it's cool. It's the most used sound effect across any movie. Is, that's funny. Is the Willem scream. Uh, All right, cool. So I'm Vince Roca. Martin Bailey. And for more on the show, visit getconvinced.com.